Transform your home in one weekend with paint from Menards. Get a paint that combines durability and gorgeous color. Dutch Boys DuraClean Interior Paint and Primer in One offers Stay Clean technology, making your home stay beautiful and clean longer. And with Dutch Boys Easy Opening Smooth Pouring Container, transforming your home has never been easier. Save big money on Dutch Boy paints and head into Menards to get your paint project started today. Save big money at Menards. Here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. everybody to Wrestling Omakase, episode number 66. I'm joined here by a returning guest, Kevin. Uh, Kevin's been on a number of times before. How you doing, Kevin? Uh, not that good. I got, I got a pretty bad head cold, which I'm sure everyone's going to figure out listening to this. Mm-hmm. So I, I am sorry. You're working You're working hard. It's classic wrestling here. It's you know, true. It's what you got to do. Some, gr- some grit, some... <laughs> Um, but yeah, so we're here to talk about the King of Pro Wrestling event, the New Japan Pro Wrestling show that took place earlier today in Japan. Um, it's I, I think we're both gonna have a lot to say about certain things on this show. Um, it wasn't like a bad show. It's just 
like it, it was it's not really i was on here for the SummerSlam show so i don't know what i don't know how many people listen to everyone if they pick and choose like but no, if you heard pretty, that we're one pretty, yeah we're pretty consistent our numbers actually yeah i feel like it's actually it's really similar to that in a lot of ways I saw a tweet from you before that I thought was really interesting when you said it wasn't good, but if it was the WWE pay-per-view, they could be the best of the year by far or something. It would. I mean, how many WWE pay-per-views <laughs> this year? I, you've definitely watched more than me, so you can tell me this. How many of them have had, like, three, three-and-a-half-star matches on them? Yeah, pretty much. Very few. Are there any? And, and, not, and also nothing, like, offensively bad. Yeah. So it's it was a, you know, it was a lot of ways it was an American wrestling show and i'm sure we're going to talk about you know why we feel that way and you know (laughs) what what the issues were with it i mean you know my my level of interest in like macro new japan main event stuff it's pretty much at its all-time lowest point and they did something on this show specifically that really like took the only thing i was interested in in that like main event level stuff and just like flushed it down the toilet pretty quickly. So, which I'm sure we'll get into, but like, it's pretty much just like the LIJ stuff and the Suzuki Goon stuff. And, you know, it's keeping me, it's keeping me engaged. I don't know about you. What's keeping you engaged? I mean, it was really, I, I mean, I'll be honest with you. There, there's zero chance I watch this thing. If you don't tell me, <laughs> I can talk about it. Like I, I say this every time I'm on here and it's not a joke. I just love hearing the sound of my own voice. <laughs> Um, but I don't know. In general, like, what what do you like in New Japan right now? Anything? The matches are good sometimes. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's really not. I don't really care about the. I guess my problem with New Japan right now is like I, I, I like actively don't want to watch ROH or Progress or any of those companies, and they're yeah, pushing they're... guys from those companies more and more. So it's like, eh, it feels. I don't like... really want to watch these guys. In places it's easy to watch them. I don't really, I don't really want to stay up till four in the morning to watch them either. You know? It feels like it feels like ROH Japan in a lot of ways right now, and I, you know, we're not, it's not breaking new ground here, but I mean, the, the two promotions are so. Feels, this feels very much like the culmination of all the people, like all the complaints that oh, it's becoming too westernized, and there was obviously a lot of back backlash towards that where. Oh, they're saying, oh, you just don't like this guy. You just don't like that guy. I think this show is like the culmination of if you were complaining about that, not not even necessarily that you're vindicated and you're right, but like I think all the things the people who have been complaining about that were basically worried were going to happen kind of came to fruition here. Yeah, I mean, like the roster, the roster of champions is almost entirely white. There are now more singles Japanese champions in World Wrestling Entertainment than there are New Japan Pro Wrestling. Did well, they have that? like 90 titles. I, <laughs> I, believe, I believe it, but there's... I mean, how many actual titles are in that company? Shinsuke, right so Shinsuke Nakamura and Kari and Kari Sane are both singles WWE champions, and the only one in New Japan right now is... Te- oh, wait, no, because Kushida won the title. So yeah. Two, it's tied. I'm sorry. Yeah. It was. It was. Two yeah. It was only the she, second Kushida, Kushida just tied it. So there you go. Mm-hmm. So now it's 2-2. Two, two. I totally, but yeah, they because Kushida beat Marty Scroll. So the the very prestigious never open weight title and the IWGP Junior Heavyweight title. Those are the only two singles titles held by Japanese 
uh, wrestlers. And then if you, if you include tags, it only adds the junior tag titles because the heavyweight tag titles and the six-man titles are both held by the same people. Well, I guess Ishimori is Japanese and he has one-third of those titles. Yeah, and I don't. Those aren't real. Those are <laughs> those are we need. To, those are we need a match on a B show. Those those are not real. Like a D show. More like. Yeah, yeah. No, that's, that's what's the last show those were even defended on? Um, but yeah, I mean, it's been look. The show the show wasn't great, but I just attended like the single worst anime convention of all time on Saturday. Did you go to that one in the city. <laughs> that anime fest thing. Yeah, I went to that. I heard about it and was like, ah, I have other things I'd rather do on a Saturday. Gonna, well, you did a really great, made a great decision. Well, I did literally nothing that, on Saturday. I sat home. That made a great decision. Like, decade old video games. I bought, I bought a Saturday and a Sunday pass. So 25 for Saturday and 20 for Sunday. I did not go back on Sunday. And it's not like I had anything else to do. I, I did the same thing on Sunday. I sat at home because I just decided it was not worth my time, even though I'd already spent the $20. So that's how bad that convention was. I'm just saying, like, if, if if I was comparing this show as a wrestling show to that convention as a, as a convention, this show was a million times better than that <laughs> was as a con. So there you go. It's uh, compared to Anime Fest. This is nothing. But just picture, have you ever been to an Anime Con before or no? Any, any con? One for, like, one day. They just, like, they basically, they're a comic con. If you don't know the backstory. I have to tell the backstory in this because it's so funny. They're, like... So they they used to have this New York Anime Fest thing, and then they like slowly absorbed it back into New York Comic Con, and just like made it first like a track at New York Comic Con, and then it was like a closet at New York Comic Con, and then it just stopped existing basically. Now I've never been to New York Comic Con. I don't because I, I don't give a shit about. Yeah, any of that no, stuff. I've never bothered. None of that's really in my wheelhouse. I hate. I mean, it's not none of that is what I'm into either. But this is what I've been told from friends who go every year. And they, so they, last year we had the first ever Anime NYC, which was also at the Javits Center, the, the same venue as uh, New York Comic Con. And it did really like, it did so good basically that the, even the organizers were surprised. Like they were like hoping. Oh, for that 10- shouldn't be that surprising. I don't know. <laughs> well, they were, they were hoping for 10,000 attendees and they got 20,000. So it did really well. And apparently one of the people who noticed was New York Comic Con because they got together at Anime Expo, who is like legit the biggest con in the country. And their name being attached to this is probably the only reason why I went to this stupid thing. And they're like, okay, well, we're going to put on our own separate anime fest uh, the same weekend as New York Comic Con. So you think, okay, well, what is you think New York Comic Con's connections and Anime Expo's connections? Like they'll put on something really cool. It was basically like... The only way I can describe it is weed prison. It was like this this fucking concrete building, this Pier 94 building that's like, it looks like a fucking prison. And you basically go into this building and it's just like one big open air pier. It's like, it's like basically like an airplane hangar. And you have like a few dealers set up, like a, a really crappy artist alley and like three stages with very limited programming. And if you go, the best part is if you go to the main stage, even if there is something you want to see, they have this, like, there's this constant noise in the background, like this really loud, I think it's like the air conditioning of the building. It's like super loud. So you can't actually hear what the fuck the panelists are saying, like over the, the, the background noise. So yeah, like the worst convention I've ever been to by, by a very wide margin. 
that would be anime fest. So King Where's of Pro Wrestling compared to WrestleMania. Oh, that's a good question. I would have WrestleMania was probably a better show than King of Pro than uh than King of Pro Wrestling. No, WrestleMania Wrestle- is not a better Wrestle- show than this. I'm gonna shit all over this, but I'm gonna give it its due. It was significantly I said, better. WrestleMania <laughs> WrestleMania was a better show than Anime Fest was a convention. That's what I would say. That's how bad Anime Fest was. Like Anime Fest is more comparable to Backlash or like Extreme Rules. That's a closer one. Great Balls of Fire or some, <laughs> other, some other F show that nobody remembers. Yeah, that's Anime Fest. So, but yeah, Kevin, you should come to, to Anime NYC next month. That'd be fun. What week is it? It's like, uh, I think it's like the week before Thanksgiving. Uh, maybe. I think I'll be home that week. Yeah, it's like the 16th or the 18th. I but think yeah, I'll be home that week. So maybe. But uh, we should actually talk about this. We will. But anyone listening, if you went to New York Anime Fest, you can at me and we can share in our misery. And if you didn't go, then you're a very smart person. You should go to Anime NYC because it was going to be really good. All right. So King of Pro Wrestling. This show, um, it began with a junior tag team title match. Desperado and Kanemaru defending against Jusen Thunder Liger and Tiger Mask. Uh, this was like a fun opener. I didn't really have any problem with this. I went like three and a quarter on it. Um, there was definitely a lot of like the ref bump and cheating stuff at the end. So if that is like, if you really hate that, then you're going to hate a lot of stuff on the show. But, you know, I, for some reason, when the, I don't know what it is. When, when it's the junior tag team titles, like I don't really have the capacity to get yeah, rid of those, those belts don't really matter, you know. Yeah, and it's like they're and it the, the cheating stuff works. I feel like for Desperate and Kanemaru, and there's such like a low mid card act that I don't really mind it at all for them. But yeah, so I just want to I wanted to say that just so I don't look like a massive hypocrite later. But I don't really mind it for uh, for Desperate and Kanemaru. I mean, it helps. I love Desperado, so you know I'm fine. You're not to get the, uh, the Kanemaru super fan. No, Kanemaru is okay, but Desperado is fucking awesome. Um, but yeah, what do you think of this? Yeah, no, I mean, I basically thought the same. I think the theme of this show is going to be not really very much thought on the actual matches, you know? Yeah, a lot of wasn't... inoffensive. Like this was fine. It's it's always nice when they use these titles to like actually get the guys who don't really do anything in the mix or get them. Like yeah. how many how many Liger matches were there this year? So it's cool that there was one. I mean, it's a cool way to start a show is like with like your theme song. So, yeah, exactly. So I, I can't, in like good faith, complain about this in any way. I mean, I, I said in the preview, I like this a lot as a filler defense because, you know, Liger and Tiger don't really get that many chances at big spots, like you're saying. And if you're going to do like a filler defense, you might as well get somebody new in the mix, you know? Yeah, and I feel I feel like we're definitely going to talk about this later where matches where nobody has any doubt what the finish is going to be can kind of <laughs> suck it out. I don't think that's the case for an undercard legends tag. Yeah. So I mean, that doesn't this, really, this, that this didn't one, really hurt this. this obviously they weren't winning, but Yeah. I mean, this one under 10 minutes anyway, so that that helped too. Um didn't it definitely didn't overstage welcome or anything. Uh after that we had uh, Great Bash Heel, Makabe, and Honma defeating Juice Robinson and Toa Hanare in 10-20. Um, this, was, this went, I thought, like 10, 10 minutes and 20 seconds doesn't sound that bad for, you know, an undercard match, but this kind of just felt like it dragged a lot to me for, like, a completely meaningless 
tag team match. I don't know. Like this is the only thing on the show to me that like really felt like it dragged. And I, I was pretty surprised when I looked it up and saw that it was only 10 minutes. Yeah. I don't, I, I mean, it wasn't very good, but I think this is the first time I actually saw Hanma back. And like, yeah, he's, not, he's not very good. Yeah. I, obviously given the injury, I, I don't really think that's an issue. And I was a little bit surprised. Like, Oh yeah, I can't believe he can like still go at all. So <laughs> honestly, good good for him, I guess. Still being able to go, obviously he doesn't look very good. But with that injury, yeah, yeah, that that's you really think? all you can expect out of the guy there. But uh, so great bash. Are they going to be the next um, tag team title challengers? Uh, well, I don't think there will be a next one. I think it'll just go straight to the world tag league. Oh, okay, yeah, no, that's probably true. Is there some? I mean, there could be. They could do a defensive power struggle. I just don't think they will. Are they? But, yeah. Are Are they like seriously pushing those guys, or is it kind of just uh, look? He's back, getting one last run. I feel like it's. I feel like so far it's been like just getting one last run. I want to. I'll be very interested to see if they're in the World Tag League or not because I think first yeah, can of all, he work that kind can, of tour. I know the World that. Tag League is hardly the most like intensive tour, but can he do that? Yeah, can he do that? And also, like, do they really have them in the mix? I mean, if they're going to be, like, around, I'd assume they're going to get pushed on yeah. some, like, mini... I know it's it's the New Japan Tag Division, so, like, there's a firm ceiling to what getting pushed means there, but, like, they're going to use them. Yeah, I mean, it'll be it'll be interesting. Um, I don't know if they're going to win it. That, that's the interesting question, but I think... I, I mean, I really have no read on who the fuck is going to be in the tag title mix at Wrestle Kingdom this year because, you know... I mean, I mean, it, I'd imagine the Young Bucks are kind of a lock to eat, probably hold the belt still. I mean, well, no, it's no, no, no. God has the belts, buddy. Oh, but I mean, I mean, the Young Bucks are probably a lock to be in the match. Oh well, maybe I don't know because I feel what was I mean, the last Tokyo Dome without a Young Bucks match? Are they going to just come out and be like, "Yeah, we're in this match too"? After the World Tag League, I mean, I, I guess mean, they they did that. They did that for the Super Junior Tournament one. Would year. you be that surprised? No, no, I guess not. But. Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty stupid. But it's not like the world tag league means anything anyway. So um, no, I mean it doesn't matter. <laughs> I I mean the world tag. Who's going to be this year's like weird Billy Gunn act or whatever that's in it? Yeah. It's just kind of funny. I mean, I've never watched it. Even I, I. That's basically the only thing I skip every year. Is I skip the entire world tag league. But um, you know, people who watched it said last year's wasn't awful. I guess. So I guess we'll say. Uh, then we had the, oh, I, I should note too, by the way, when Juice Robinson, like his entrance video still had him, um, holding up the U S title belt, which I thought after what a fucking pathetic rain he had was actually really sad. <laughs> he might be leaving, right? Uh, oh, why? Wow, you've heard that rumor. I haven't heard, I didn't even hear that. I mean, I feel like that's one that's been floating around for a while. No, I didn't know. I he, like that. he insists he's not going anywhere, but who the fuck knows? Well, everyone says they're not going anywhere. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. That just, it was really like funny slash depressing that you was holding yeah, but, yeah, that really did not go. Uh, <laughs> that didn't really go anywhere. He won the title. He lost a million times in the G1 and then he lost in his first defense to Cody. It's like, okay. Um, match number three, Bullet Club OG, Bad Luck Fale, Taiji Ishimori, Tama Tonga and Tonga Loa defeat Bullet Club Elite. Chase Owens, Hangman Page, and the Young Bucks in 1206. Uh, Kevin, is it stupid that there are two Bullet Clubs and appear to be two Bullet Clubs probably for the foreseeable future? 
I mean, I think it's, I think it's okay. Stupid. So now here's the, I mean, I don't want there to be one, but like if there has to be two, it'd be fine if one, if they were like clearly on the opposite ends, like one's heel, one's face. Yeah, they but barely not, are though. Yeah, <laughs> but that, yeah they're, they're not. Like, I mean, they kind of are. I'm, I think this is something I've complained about for a while, and it's almost like there's like two distinct promotions one they're promoting to the West, and one they're promoting to the native fans. And I, I think it's kind of hit that convergence point where they have to they have to pick one of those cannons to make like totally real, you know. Yeah. So like the elite guy, the elite guys are baby faces one week, and then Kenny's cutting promos about how everyone in Japan is lazy and Tanahashi's washed up the next. Yeah, and Cody. You, can't, you don't. Yeah, you don't get to be both. You know, they do, they do the same shit with Cody. Um, Tanahashi gives these promos about how he wants to clean, cleanse Hangman Page and shit. It's like, yeah, they, they're they're both like hang, there's, both no, there's no coherence to it whatsoever. Yeah. I mean, Bullet Club OG are clearly way like bigger heels. It's like yeah, it's obvious which at, one which one is the hard heel and which is the tweener. Yeah, but I, I, I don't think there should be a tweener one. I think they have to go. One has to go face for this not to just be stupid. And honestly, like people hate that NWO split. At least the fucking the other Bullet Club had its own theme song and their own fucking T-shirt. Like, I guess the Bullet Club OGs had that fucking. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm sure they'll have a T-shirt within the ha- next week. Now that they, they actually that, <laughs> finalized the members, they have that firing squad thing. Yeah, but I mean, like, I don't know. But they still use the regular Bullet Club song. Like, they made a point to use it coming out here, and they used it. Um, you know, after, after the big angle later, and I have to give a no- little nerd note. Kevin Kelly on commentary called it the original Bullet Club theme. It was not the original Bullet Club theme. theme Kevin, there was an earlier one. Do you remember the early Bullet, the first Bullet Club theme? I like know this- there's a different one, but I don't remember. I don't remember what the original sounds it's like. Really, really weird instrumental that just sounds like nothing. Maybe I like put it as the. As the opener, just people. Yeah, I, I do not remember what it sounds like. Um, it's called like Lost Chance Saloon or something, I think. But yes, so Bullet Club, so not the original Bullet Club thing, Kevin. Check your facts. No, not the true OG. <laughs> uh, I mean, they're called OG, but now they have like ten guys in there that were not. It's like they have two people who were there at at the start. They have one guy who's been there a couple years. Now they have like five. <laughs> Oh god, they're gonna kill me! Five people that have never been in the Bullet Club before. But why don't you take some of this match? So I can like cough my lungs out here for a second. Okay, I mean it wasn't really an eventful match again here. This is <coughs> sorry. Really? We're both coughing at the same time. Yeah, I as I said, I, I'm not wow. doing too hot. <laughs> I mean, this is not really a. See, I'm going to blame this on. No. I'm going to blame this on the Bullet Club. I really think it's their I fault. Will. I'm going to. I'm actually pulling up my notes here because obviously I don't remember like the minutes of this so, match. So here. Taiji, so Taiji and Nick have a Taiji and fellow junior heavyweight Nick Jackson because they look like Nick looked a tiny bit bigger than this very tiny man, but Nick's a heavyweight. Anyway, they had a fun little sequence early on. Um, the match got very boring after that. There was like a long heat sequence on Matt. And during this, we had the English commentary. Did you listen to the English, by the way, or no? Um, I did. Usually, I don't. This one, I have the English on for. There was like a long discussion about Tamatanga being in the top five of social media searches. 
and how like this means how ubiquitous he is and blah blah blah. It's gonna be like you realize you're you're probably only looking at English hashtags and like the Japanese fan base has their entirely separate set of hashtags that probably isn't like katakana and kanji and shit. No? Okay. Cause it just felt like why we're just basically if you want to say like he's the top five certs like in English, that'd be fine, but I don't know, maybe I'm being too picky here. But it annoyed me. I don't know. Aren't all those trends make up? I mean, I work in data shift, so I should know this. But aren't they like basically all done, like just tailored to like the things that you specifically follow? Oh, I mean, yeah. I, I should definitely know this. This is literally I, I thought, my job. I thought he said it was search, like it was Google it was searches or something. Oh, uh, I, I mean, that, oh, that that's all fake. That Google, this is like a secret of the trade. Google trends are virtually meaningless. There's no value in them whatsoever. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Um, but Dave Meltzer talks about them a lot, so that's someone you should really tell him. Dave Meltzer knows about data. <laughs> no, I know, but someone should tell him. I like, mean, you should go. Do you really? Dave won't answer you if you don't talk to him about anything other than, um, like WrestleMania three. <laughs> that's a good point. Um, okay, but we, yeah, no, let's actually get back to this match. I actually have my notes up now, so I won't be at a complete loss here. But Taiji, at one point, he hurt himself doing, like, a springboard and couldn't, like, finish the springboard. Um, I thought he was, like, really hurt for a second, but then he did, like, a big dive right after. So was it was in fun. this match or was it the main event? I don't I don't know why. I can't remember if it was Hangman, Page, or Kenny. But one of them took, like, what looked like their neck just got hit right into the ropes. I was like, ow. I don't know. I didn't take a note. I didn't put that note down for Yeah, here, but... I, I don't know why I remember noting that, like, the God damn, that hurt a lot for a match that did not matter. Um, but yeah, there was a good last few minutes after like a really boring me of the match, and it was fine. Yeah, fine. It's the best way they announced uh, Ishimori's tag partner is going to be Robbie Eagles, the Australian guy. Yeah, they announced that way later, I think. But yeah, I, they announced at some point in the show. I don't think we need to talk about Robbie Eagles twice. So yeah, who, ca- who cares about Rob? I mean, I don't know anything about Robbie Eagles. Is anything good? I've seen him a few times. I mean, of the Australian guys, I've seen like I think Adam Brooks and Jonah Rock like really, really suck. I think. Like, Slex is not good. Mr. Juicy is an angel. He's also in the Bullet Club, I think. Is Mr. Juicy still in the Bullet Club? Do they know. acknowledge this? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, they haven't really talked about it in a long time, but I guess Robbie Eagles is the newest member. Yeah, he, he seems to be, like, the best one of those guys in ring that I've seen. In very mm-hmm. little. This is, like, two matches, three matches apiece. But he's the only one that actually looked impressive, so I'm, I'm sure he'll work really hard in new Japan because that, that's a ticket to a real, like a real full-time job. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so apparently Ro- Robbie Eagles is called the sniper of the skies. If you're wondering, well, every, I mean, Australian wrestling is just like the, the second tier of Brit rest and everyone. So everyone has to have a really stupid video game sounding nickname. <laughs> Although I, I feel like they they really can't have the aerial assassin and the sniper of the sky and so <laughs> like, well I they mean, will apparently both of them have to be told that those names are fucking embarrassing and you have to change them but like <laughs> obviously they're not going to so one of them has I'm assuming it's the new guy who has to bite the bullet and change his shitty nickname no bad luck finally called him by it in the tweet so <laughs> he was like the sniper of the skies is coming 
did nobody like think that you I mean, you literally already have a sniper in the sky. And like, look, maybe Will does his assassinating by like by sword or something. Maybe maybe, maybe, maybe Fale is sending a message to Will, like, listen, man, you're like 25 at this point. You gotta grow out of that. <laughs> Will Will does assassinations with bombs or with like shurikens, so it's different. Sniper, he uses a gun. Yeah, Will, Will is 25 at this point. It, it's now time to pick a non-yarder nickname. Well, no, no. Well, now now he uses Sky King too a lot now. Okay, that's like, better. No, that, yeah, that's I mean, that's genuinely a lot better. He says it in Japanese a lot. He's like Sora O or whatever. So, like, you, I think he has the kanji for it now. But yeah, that's that fine. that is. Honestly, a huge step up. So now we can have now poor Robbie Eagles, who's older. He's like, look at this, he's 28, so he should really know by now. Well, he's the same for the skies, okay? That's his gimmick, apparently. I don't know anything. We didn't even answer the question. Is he any good? I've never seen him wrestle. I, I've seen him. He looked pretty good. All right, cool. I mean, I'm so excited I'm sure. for this. I'm excited for this junior tag league. It's probably going to be like a lot better than the world tag league. So Yeah. Especially um, new guys who are, I mean, well, I mean, we'll we'll talk about Shingo in a bit, so I'll, I'll save all of that. But yeah. guys who are probably going to come to work. Yeah, I mean, Ishimori and Eagles that could be a good team. I assume ACH will be in there with Taguchi, maybe. Yeah, Where I mean, God knows Ishimori is a guy who will absolutely dog it. Yeah, but I, mean, I, just, uh, I don't so think he really Siri has. Thought anything about, that. <laughs> Siri thought I was talking about her somehow. Um, all right, so the next match was Suzuki Goon, Minoru Suzuki, Taichi, and Izuka taking on Chaos, Tomohiro Ishii, Hiroki Goto, and Will Ospreay. Um, Chaos got the win in uh, 12-10, Ospreay pinned Taichi. Um, first of all, Miho walking down the aisle, like holding up the never title like she's a fucking MMA corner man. That was awesome. <laughs> that I mean, that, like... That's really, yeah, that was probably the highlight of this. This is another <laughs> undercard tag that really wasn't anything. I mean, there was the Suzuki Ishii stuff is always awesome. I, I, I was into that, but that's about it, though. But yeah, but, but other, than, other than that, like Miho, Miho holding up the belt, she is so happy for Taichi to be never champion. She's happier about it than Taichi is, which is like, a really cool yeah, like she really enjoys posing with that belt. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so so people had speculated that maybe they were trying to set up Taichi Osprey, and I think it became very clear early on when, um, yeah, like Suzuki was paired off with Ishii uh, to set up their British title match, which I I did not even know was happening when I wrote the preview. Yeah, I had I had no idea that Suzuki I think is the Rev Pro World British, Champion. I'm guessing, British, yeah, he's no British clue British whatsoever. I, yeah. I that I didn't know. I just didn't know that. Like he had a defense. I didn't know where Pro and New Japan a show coming up in a week. I know that I had no clue about. I think um, they have one like every other month, so we're due. But yeah, so they're they're like paired up to hook that up. Izuka and Goto were paired off because why not? I guess because <laughs> Goto <laughs> needs something. <laughs> and Osprey and Taichi are paired off, so that made it very clear right away that the the fan theory that they were going to set up a Taichi will never title match turned out to be correct. So are they actually doing a never title defense against a junior or are they just moving Will up? I'm assuming well, I assume it's both. Well, no, I assume it's both. 
Like, it's going to be a never-tile defense against a junior, and then Will's going to win it, and then he's going to move up, probably. So, I mean, because that was the, that was basically the plan for Red Dragon before uh, before they left, is they were going to feud with Shibata, and Kyle was going to move up, like, in the course of that feud. So Okay. But, so I guess the never-tile is, like is considered, like, a stepping stone or something. But That's how you get into that. Okay, so... So probably both is the answer to that question. Um, there was yeah, a loud, that's... there was a really loud "Let's Go Taichi" chant at one point in response to the normal Taichi Go Home chant. So, um, was it second? Was he uh, sickening? It was. It was the the sickening Taichi. I mean, I, I was just thinking that the Snowdens will have a lot of people to murder, but you know they can get on that. I guess. I mean, <laughs> I mean, have you read his latest masterpiece? Of the... <laughs> <laughs> I did not see. I I heard that he like. He said he's gonna beat me up if we're having a press box together or something, and I. Like, oh, I didn't see me. that part. I was talking about his Final Fantasy VII anecdote. Oh, okay. I which was I, much funnier. He didn't he like he got it completely wrong or something. Like he just totally. I, I mean, I really. I, it's been many years since I played Final <laughs> Fantasy VII. I don't like this game very much, so I don't, I don't have like, like, I don't like thoughts on how right he is on his interpretation of the characters <laughs> but just what he followed it up with like that's a real callback for gamers or something really similar <laughs> but, but Sailor, so Moon, don't forget, Sailor Moon is really uncool so you're but not Sephiroth is like very cool <laughs> yeah but no apparently he threatened to beat me up <laughs> a couple of days ago because <laughs> someone someone reminded him because he was like so I don't know if people on people listening this really give a shit but it is kind of funny he was like freaking out on on Twitter that like, I guess people were getting mad at him for his bad MMA opinions or something. I assume about the whole Connor, whatever the fuck thing that, you know, who gives, I don't give a shit about that, but he, he, people were giving him shit for that. And he tweeted something like, imagine uh, people getting really upset about your opinions about entertainment. And some guy who I don't yeah, even follow, imagine <laughs> some guy who I don't even follow and who doesn't follow me, like quote tweeted him and it was like, dude, you wanted to beat somebody up because they just you know they disagreed with your opinions on a wrestler and like Sailor Moon, and he freaked the fuck out again apparently and threatened to, and said, oh, well if I'm ever in the press box with that guy, I will beat them up. So okay, <laughs> and then he deleted all of this pretty quickly apparently. But. I mean, I'd imagine he would, but yeah, he very normal individual. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> love that John Final Fantasy Seven. John, John if you ever want to, you up, and then he's gonna do the squall pose over your body. John, if you if you ever want to come on Omakaze and just like tell me all about your life, you're welcome to do that because I'm very curious, like how you managed to exist. It is really interesting. Being that mad over shit that like, being that mad, think he still like apparently he still told people that I started it, which is incredible. Didn't he just randomly quote tweet? Yes, me? yes. Like, the, entire, the timeline is he. I tweeted about like I don't even remember what the fuck I tweeted. It was something like imagine not liking Tai Chi when such and such. Like he did something. I think he like didn't slap his thigh on a kick or something. Something I totally thought, innocuous. Yeah, something right. totally like whatever. I like his kicks. And he quote tweeted me and was like, "Wow, anyone who doesn't like Tai Chi or anyone who likes Tai Chi is on third ice with me." And then his wife replied, "Go straight from block to murder." And again, this might be cute and funny. It, I actually don't think it will be anyway. But this might be cute and funny if we knew each other or we followed each other or anything. I I had like interacted with this man maybe once in my entire life, 
before this. We don't don't follow each other. And I just all I did was screenshot them and say extremely normal family. And like that set him like he was he fucking went crazy. And like that apparently was like that to him is the beginning of it, supposedly. So there you go. It's okay. It's okay to say you want to murder somebody, but if you say extremely normal family, shit gets real then. Someone posted a picture of him next to the Bullet Club fan that Teddy always posts, and oh, yeah. it's like if you put it through one of those age filters. Yeah, I mean, he basically is that guy, so it's that's pretty good. Uh, but we should talk about this match, Tai Chi, the sickening Tai Chi. Uh, he had a lot of fans in the building. And the act is over. I, I yeah, don't, Tai Chi. I, the, the crowd loves him now. Yeah, I mean, this, and I, I do not think this was a very hot crowd on Big New Japan show standards either. No, I mean they were into some stuff, and they were not into some stuff. And we'll talk. Uh, about yeah, there was some stuff. Yeah, there was some stuff. Like, I mean, we'll we'll get to one of the matches later. That I think it was like the real, the big, uh, the big one of this. But like this, this was over. They were into yeah, this. They were into this. I like Tai Chi. They and, AG, they were in Tosprey getting the pen, so it seems yeah. like they're into that. So, I mean, they did a great job setting that up. I, I noted when I did this, the crowd was hotter for this than anything else so far. I mean, look, the, the crowd loves the Japanese guys, and I will praise a Gaijin. They loved Will Ospreay, too. No, he's I mean, mostly gotten over, and I, yeah, it's like it's come a long way from the point where he had to do head bumps to get reactions to now. Like, do you know what I do? You know what I think? Do you know what I think the difference actually, on like honestly, it might be? Is the fact that Will is actually on all these fucking shows? Yeah, no, he's and... there. He's like a full time person <laughs> yeah. at this point. It's like so many of the other guys, like Cody and now even Kenny, are just like they're just like never they're not there. Yeah, it's like they like the crowd likes the people they actually see. Not really that surprising, but yes. Yeah, so um, there was like a really cool strike exchange with Suzuki and Ishii. Um, I thought Will countering the the belt shot by Taichi into like a one man Spanish fly was a pretty cool spot. And Goto, like, basically pointing at Taichi, like, go get him right before the finish, I thought was a really cool little touch. And it was almost like he was trying to tell Will that this is your moment. You know, he's already had his feet with Taichi and, like, moved on. And, you know, Will got the pin. The crowd went really nuts for it, which is good. And, yeah, they were very they were very into this. And I'm looking forward to Will versus Taichi for the Never Open Weight title at probably at Power Struggle. Yeah, I mean, I think this this always just brings back the eternal fear that Will's going to get another belt, and somehow there's going to be another Osprey versus Girl match. <laughs> it's never going to end. It's like the you, like you're going to be sent to hell, and it's really just sitting in a movie theater, just watching slightly different variations of Osprey versus Girl over and over and over and over and over again. At this point, though, it's the only match that Marty Girl can have in New Japan that's any good at all. <laughs> yeah, let's not let's not go good. Well, let's not use, let's not use words. We don't use, <laughs> but I liked them. That was the only thing I've liked Marty in all year long. But I guess we'll say um, he has definitely a lot better than the Marty match on this show. Oh yeah, but uh, <laughs> but anyway, I, uh, well, well was, no, that, yeah, that wasn't next, was it? Or no. should we say any other thoughts on this before we move on? I don't know. I was going to ask you. I thought I gave my thoughts pretty. Yeah, I think I think we. Okay. I don't know how many more notes to this there was. <laughs> Uh, after this, we had the eight-man tag team match. So uh, we played that video again with uh, Lij in the underground fucking gambling parlor, which 
I don't know. I don't know how you can watch that and not think these people are cool and like so much cooler than fucking Bullet Club or whatever the hell. It's like, I don't know. Do you disagree, man? This? Do you think LIJ's jumped the shark? Uh, I don't know. It's, it's the same it was like last year. I don't think the, the act's any different. Yeah, I I enjoy it. So yes, I don't know. Yeah. Jump the shark. Jump the shark would mean like did something different. And I think it's basically the same act, like a don't fix what's broken or what's not broken. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so then we got the, the, so they did the entire video, um, Naito and LIJ came out, the crowd was very hot for them, they still love LIJ, if you're wondering, they came out without the X, and it, you know, I, I was unspoiled, I don't know about you, but I, uh, yeah, I checked when I woke up, I didn't okay. really, I, I didn't, what, I wanted, I actually wanted to know who it was. I want to know who it was, but I kept like fighting with myself because I wanted the moment to be like unspoiled. So I was like, I'm not going to check. I'm not going to check. I almost broke down and checked, but I managed to get through all four of these fucking matches. And it felt like a really big deal. Oh, I at least would have skipped the undercard shit <laughs> and just like actually no. watched it. Look, do you understand my re- my wrestling fandom? I have to torture myself. That's, that's how it's the only way to get pleasure out of pro wrestling. <laughs> but so did you think it was going to be who it was um yeah so that was my prediction okay but, the the weird review, thing. let me the get back to the reveal yeah. real quick, there was one funny thing before do you remember the funny thing that happened before they revealed it um other than the pants <laughs> so so they came out of the x nitro starts talking and he says something like you know the guy the X could already oh. be someone at ringside. Oh. It could be it's Milano Collection AT, and the fucking spotlight goes on him, and the crowd like actually reacts. Yeah, like, and he's like putting X's <laughs> up with his arms, saying no, 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 no. But, like I, it was funny because like you could take that to be like, well, you're X, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> and the crowd bought it too. Yeah, or at I least thought, like they played along with it completely. I mean, I thought this was awesome. Yeah, I thought it really, this whole it was, really thing was done really well. And then, yeah. obviously, you want to say who comes out. Uh, but yeah, so then the some new, some very generic new music starts playing. Uh, He's going to get new music, right? I, ho- I hope so, because this music was awful. I mean, look, when the, the first chord hit, I was like, oh, man, it is Shingo, because it did sound like vaguely Japanese. But then after that first chord, it just was very generic. So, um, but yeah, see, the, the screen said the dragon. Which should have been more of a hint than it was to be in hindsight. I realized. Yeah. As he came out, you know, he had these, you know, he had these weird looking tights. He, you know, he. I guess he can't have the singlet because, you know, evil has a singlet. Yeah, but that makes he, sense. But he, he should not. He's not a tights guy. Yeah, you didn't. You didn't like him in the tights. I thought he was fine. No, I didn't. I didn't not. I thought the gear looked really bad. Oh, okay. Well, he had one of those Lij masks. Um, I thought it was definitely. You know, I thought like when looking at him, they kept zooming in. I was like, I think that's probably Shingo. But I, no, I was confused even... because the bot, the body, it's like, all right, that's Shingo, but that's weird gear for Shingo. Yeah. Maybe that, maybe that was the whole point of the pants, literally just to throw you off on who it was when he walked out. Maybe too. Um, but yeah, so he he pulls it. They announce him at Shingo Takagi. They pulls the mask off. I did like a giant double fist bump like in my room when they announced it because like I I know some people really want him to go do you know indie stuff and heavyweight stuff and I'm gonna I'm not trying to dismiss those people because you know I I loved his stuff in Big Japan All Japan too but I mean it's not like he didn't do that like yeah, we saw I don't him know. 
like we saw him in the champion carnival this year. We saw him in the Big Japan Strong Tag League this year. So it's not like we didn't get to see it at all. Like we got to see it. So, you know, I understand that people are like, well, it sucks that New Japan's signing everybody. I don't think it's reached like fucking WWE levels yet. I think we're no. still pretty far. We're still pretty far away from that. This but... is another one that I don't really know if it's poaching anyone because it, it's signing somebody who left clearly on. I mean, there's a million things to that, but I don't think this was like a a super unexpected jump where he just left. It feels yeah. like they saw this coming and were preparing for it. I mean, they probably told, they probably asked him to leave or something. I don't know. Naito, yeah, exactly. I mean, the, the connection is Naito, so I mean, they you, you can go find a bunch of Instagram pictures of them from like three years ago, as far, you know, as far back as that, and you know, apparently they are friends in real life or at least acquaintances. So I don't know. I I think, look, as a as a wrestling fan, as a Japanese wrestling fan. I get being disappointed and you know, I can, I'm not really, I wouldn't like to see him maybe do some more stuff in all Japan and big Japan too. But as like an LIJ fan, I was so fucking scared of how this new member thing was going to go. Like there were so many possibilities that were so awful for the unit. Like fucking flip Gordon. I'm just going to give one. I don't think any of those were, I think a lot of those are more just like troll suggestions. But like, okay. If it was anyone like to me, Lij, like the one of the things that made them stand out in current New Japan is that they're all Japanese. First of all, that they have this connection to this 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 lucha faction, and they just don't have anything to do with American pro wrestling. So, I really wanted it to stay, you know, all Japanese, and I really wanted like I was okay if they wanted to bring in a luchador, I guess, but it just felt like you know. That's they should just be in low single Bernablis then. Like, why or they have to be in LIJ specifically? But I just yeah, was, my sleeper were... guy on who it was going to be was Cavernario because I know that's a guy they've seemingly liked for years, yeah. But again, I guess it should have been more obvious to me than it actually was that it was Shingo once the uh the CMLL show happened the night before and like David Finley was on that show. Kawato was on that show. I, I don't think Flip Gordon was ever a real candidate, but he was on that show. Like all the CMLL guys were on a show that ended three hours before the show started. So there was no logistic way that any of those guys were getting back. Yeah. So that probably should have been the point that unless they're also signing Kazma or some insane pull from the deep indies, it's probably him. But I'm just saying, it could have gone, in the macro sense, it could have gone a lot worse. Like, yeah, I think it could have just been a company MO that every stable needs a white guy that they can, the in-ring of honor now. Yeah. Like, I think this is close to the best case scenario for how this could have gone. So I'm pretty happy with it. I don't think Shingo's too big to be a junior. I think he's fine as a power junior. You know, they could always move yeah, him up. Yeah, I mean, Shingo, Shingo's actually short. Yeah, they could move him Shingo's up later. Shingo's not a... Yeah, and I think I don't know. I feel like I feel like this unit gets shaken up again once Soromo comes back. Yeah. Although I, I do think them bringing in clearly a name guy who's going to get pushed right away because I, I think he's a far bigger commodity now than Ishimori was when he left. Do you? Yeah, I would agree. Like, I, I assume he's maybe they're winning. The, I don't think they're going to win the tag league. I they're think, I think he's going. Yeah, I think he's going to get a singles push right away. I think they're going to go to the finals of the tag league, probably. Yeah. And, and I mean, you can always pin Bushi, though. 
that's yeah. just the kind of person that is. So I'd imagine he's going to get a big push right out the bat, and it's not going to be like because I think he's a bigger deal coming in than any of the juniors they've brought in, other yeah. than Hiromo coming back. Yeah, I agree. And so. the crowd knew who he was. Yeah, the crowd went, the crowd reacted. Yeah, to the him. crowd knew, and they knew his spots in the actual match. Yeah. So it's clear that like he came in over. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, I do think this is one of the least interesting situations just for him, for him. Just because, I don't know, we've seen basically Shingo ragdolls flippy guys for like a decade. <laughs> that is Like true. we finally got a taste of him like doing real heavyweight stuff and it was great. And now he's just a junior again. No, I mean, I totally, I, I totally yeah, get that. Yeah, I think that. that's the issue. But I totally get that. But I'm just talking from like an, from an LIJ fanboy perspective. You know, from an LIJ stand perspective, this is so much better than a lot of the other possibilities that I can overlook it from a more general fan perspective. That, like, yeah, we're probably losing out on some really good stuff, but yeah, but it's not. I don't know. It's not like it's not like a bad pick. You yeah. know, in that sense, it's someone who will be good in everything they do. Yeah, I and mean, we'll see what him and Bushi are like as a tag team, I guess, but. Um, but yeah, so he was cool in this match. He started out with Yo. The crowd gave a huge like Shingo chant. Yeah, like they, they, they very clearly knew who he was. Yeah, um, maybe they were expecting this. I imagine, honestly, they probably were. I mean, he was the name that was going around a lot. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the Japanese rumors were like. I, I'm pretty sure Shingo was like the name going. So around. yeah, maybe everyone thought that's who it was. So they all looked it up so they could be ready to like, know who he was, who knows, yeah. but either way the, he came in over they knew exactly who he was. They knew his spots and to react to them. So, so the thing I'd be interested to know is if the Japanese announcers put over whether or not he's Am- animal Hamaguchi's student, you know, in the same way that Naito and I believe Sabnata and Bushi all were. So that would be interesting. Maybe it was evil and Bushi. Um, but yes, so I'd be, I'd be interested to figure out they put that over because they did put that over in the English commentary, which you know they established that right away. Um, the one thing that shocked me as far as like the crowd reaction, I thought the crowd would go a lot more crazy for the Okada Naito exchange, and they just like they were like hot for it, but they weren't like super crazy for it. So I don't know what that says exactly. Maybe they just they don't really care because they know it has no chance of being like a main event or anything. Yeah, I don't know. I think that wasn't really that wasn't like the design focus here. Yeah, I think what they were trying to get over with this got over. So and it only it only went like nine and a half minutes, so it wasn't like that exchange was that long. Um, Yano, Yano, when he ran it at one point, he said Sashi Buri too right before he ran it and kicked Shingo in the gut, which means like no long time no say, which I thought was really funny. And I was made me think like when has he actually wrestled Shingo Takagi before? But I just realized I could answer that for cage match. Do you want to know? Sure. Let's say when has Toriano wrestled? Because he did say a long time no say, so that would imply they've wrestled each other at some point. Or I guess he could just see them. No, they haven't. This was their first ever meeting in any kind of match. So maybe he saw him like on the street one time or something. But yeah. Um Shingo, Shingo looks so happy. By the way, when the crowd actually did his like that thing where he does like that call, because yeah. Dragon, Dragon Gate fans just boo him when he does that. <laughs> like Dragon Gate fans just boo him and don't do it. And the crowd here, you know, they just started doing it with him, and he looked so happy. 
you've never seen a man happier to get a f- some people chanting along with him for like half a second. It's um, like it's not the same, but imagine if like a big crowd actually did Roman's howl with him instead of just when <laughs> he went down to do it. That is pretty good. Yes, like if, if Roman came here, I bet you they would do it. I bet you they yeah. would do that. I mean, as long probably... as they as long as they know like his spots, yeah, probably. <laughs> um, but there we go. We need another reason to, for Roman to jump to New Japan. Just so the crowd will actually I mean, do that. I don't, want to, I don't want to take in the NY fifty voters and have to like nurture <laughs> them. No. Um, but yeah, then he he hit a really awesome pumping bomber on show, and then he pinned him with the last falconry. Looked like he killed him. Yeah, this is awesome. Great to have Shingo here. Yeah, everything got over. Good. So, uh, do you do you think he his like? Vibe fits with Lij. I know some people. It's like Shingo is like aggro. Yeah, and I, I mean think- that's the that's like the yeah. big question I think. And I it makes I think if you look at this match, you know, which is a very small sample, we've had to judge it by. I feel like he was trying to tone that down. Like I feel like he he was yeah. more he was more calm than we've seen him in Dragon Gate in a long time. And he did like this weird like cross legged like prayer pose at the end. Which was interesting, and yeah, definitely a little bit of a different vibe. Um, I, so it wouldn't surprise me if he's just going to like tone that down. Maybe the general idea will be, you know, he'll be like eventually more like Lij's bully kind of. I yeah. can see him doing. Or that, I mean, but... maybe that's tension later on. Who knows? Yeah, there's again, a lot I'm of ways. Not, I'm, not sold, I'm not sold. This is a super long term thing, as much as the only actual junior star we have just is now out for an undisclosed amount of time and we need somebody we can push as a high level guy to kind of put in that spot for our plans you know yeah. i'm not really and then when it gets back like that won't be the feud of Hiromu. For, i mean that'll probably be the feud when he gets back regardless because I, i'd imagine those are the two biggest stars at that point maybe i hope so um yeah no a shingo versus Hiromu match would be pretty good yeah and then the other thing I would say about th- about this whole thing, it's just like, you know, do, do they do they move him up to heavyweight at some point? Because I think that would be speculation. Because he's definitely big enough. But yeah, and I mean, he's short, and you're gonna see it here. But a lot of that roster is short again. Like they yeah. they got Omega and Ibushi, and they're gonna move Will Osprey, and they have Ishii, so it, it doesn't really matter. Again, the Young Bucks; those guys are all not big, mm. so. Obviously, they list Shingo at like 5'10", and no chance, but <laughs> they list Kenny Omega at six foot, and that's just as no chance. So, like, they, I don't know. It doesn't really matter. I don't want to yeah. bring up the whole Neville debate again, because that's probably played out at this point. But, like, if they see you as a heavyweight guy, they'll move you up. I think being, being a junior right now probably makes the most logistic sense for Shingo, because, like I said, there's a huge vacuum there that needs star power, and especially given how they're moving Osprey up, who was just the champion forever, especially given the reaction the junior title match got tonight. <laughs> you need some like somebody really charismatic right away to kind of anchor that division now. Yeah. And Shingo definitely fills that void on some level. So yeah. it, may, it makes sense, I'd say. Um. All right, so then I guess we can move on now to the junior heavyweight title final because she ended up beating Marty Scroll in 1833. 
Yeah, this was not very good. Uh, oh, wait, no. I, I missed oh, yeah. Well, we Zach. skipped something. Yeah, yeah I skipped Evil and Zach. It's easy um, to see why you would skip that. <laughs> so Evil got carried out on a throne. Um, I, I literally like typed down who are the evil druids right before Chris Jericho revealed himself <laughs> to be one of the evil druids and attacked him. Um, the announcers were acting like the only way you could tell us was Chris Jericho was because he was wearing the IC title, which was hilarious because like this was probably his, his worst disguise so far. Like the yeah, mask, the, how the many mask. other old-looking white guys with slick back blonde hair could it possibly have been, you know? <laughs> like, there's the mask barely covered his face, and he had a Chris Jericho shirt on that you can see. <laughs> so it's like, no, this is not his best disguise. He had a lot better disguises. Um, but yeah, so he hits him with a co-breaker and then a belt shot. Uh, he had a t-shirt that said, I'm not tranquilo, I'm fucking crazy. So there you go. <laughs> Middle-aged and crazy Chris Jericho. So um, that's your wrestle. That's the Wrestle Kingdom main event. No, I think that's Power Struggle main event. Or the Wrestle Kingdom match is going to be Naito versus Jericho again. Yeah, that's the that's the Wrestle Kingdom match. Um, but Evil Jericho seems to be for power will be for Power Struggle since you need you need a nice title match because you're not going to have a heavyweight title match. So. Yeah. Um. God, that that's going to be a like weird history book main event. Jericho evil, I know. I mean, look, I've I like Jericho Naito a lot at Dominion. I don't know how you felt about that. I thought this it was, was, it was. I don't know. It was fine. Like both of the, I I didn't like the Kenny one because the Kenny I one. I didn't like was, the problem with the Kenny one is I'll never be able to like view that remotely like objectively because it was at like five in the morning. I was really tired and wanted to go to sleep. And they're doing all these like long, elaborate setup spots. Yeah, the Kenny one was a WWE match, which is just not. Yeah. The Naito but one to me. match like, WWE would have done in 18 minutes. They did in like 35. That's true. The Naito one felt like this weird, like almost lucha brawl or something, which I really enjoyed. Like I, I gave that match four and a half. I thought that was awesome. But um, so I'm okay with Naito Jericho again. It's just really stupid that that's what we're doing it for Naito's Wrestle Kingdom and that he's going to be fucking stuck with that stupid white belt again. But. Um, Unless Jericho just wins and they got more dates on fucking Jericho. Yeah, who knows, I guess. Um, but yeah, so so Jericho lays out, lays out evil. Zach wants to have the match right now. Uh, they announce it's a no contest instead, which Zach freaks the fuck out about. Like, did you really need a... Why Why was Zach so insistent on getting a non-title victory over evil here? Like, you've already pinned him twice. He was, like, so angry. It's like, buddy, this match is not for anything. It's okay. But he put everybody. He starts putting all the young lines in holds, which is like really. Fun. It's like why don't one, why don't all of you just gang up on him while he has one of them in a hold? But um, he then he like starts kicking evil when he's down. He puts evil in a hold. I was wondering where the fuck the rest of Lij was. It's like did they all go back to the gambling club from that? Yeah, to their weird hideout. <laughs> but no, Naito finally ran out after I like right after I typed that. And, you know, he made the save for Evil. He, him and Zach went at it, and Naito sent him packing his freaking DT. The fans went nuts for this. So at least they have, like, the fans' attention with that. Yeah, I mean, it feels like they've been building this Sabre-Naito uh, IC title match for, like, eight months now. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, I, by next February, we'll probably get it, but it'll well, be I, over by then. I mean, I think Power Struggle, you could be like, you could say might be Naito, Zack, and Evil Jericho. Yeah. Or no, I don't I don't know. I, I don't think they're going to... I think they actually see that Sabre-Naito match as like a, a top match. I don't think that's going to be 
oh, okay. that quick. Oh, maybe you're right. We could I, think, say I don't think that one happens till Naito gets the. Well, regardless, so I, I see, here's my point on this. I saw people say this thing was like WWE, this whole thing, and maybe if you want to say WWE from like 15 years ago or something, but like this set up two future matches. The crowd was really into all of it, and like it generally worked on what they were trying to do. So no, this is not like 2018 WWE. I no, mean, <laughs> I mean it was actually pretty well done. It was an effective angle, which they don't have that many of. Yeah, which they days. don't. I mean, it, it's WWE in the sense of <laughs> it's an angle. Yeah. And like again, this is again why we. I think we said before this doesn't feel at all like a like this is an A show, right? Yeah. Pro wrestling, like this, did not feel like an A show. It's more like a. Well, I don't know. I I honestly feel like you need to rescale the New Japan scale now. Yeah. To say, maybe this, is, this like, is maybe this is more of a B show now. Yeah, because like King of Pro Wrestling and Sakura Genesis, like the only shows left that are loaded, loaded up and down lineup shows, like where everything's a major match, are basically Russell Kingdom and, and Dominion. Like that's the only time they do that now, and Sakura Genesis and. You know, in slash what it used to be Invasion Attack and King of Pro Wrestling, even though they're at Rio Goku, they're more like, you know, big shows, but they also have like, like not every title's defended here, you know? Yeah, there's so, a lot of titles. Then yeah. There's more story. So, yeah, maybe I'm just judging this wrong, but like this doesn't feel like something that would have been on a major New Japan show, even right. like two years ago. Well, no, that's true, and I still think that I still think that is true. I just feel like there needs to be a new scale for the. Yeah, it's, they might just be reworking how these shows all work. Yeah, I mean that goes back a few years now. I feel like, but yeah, um, but yeah, the you know this is still definitely above power struggle, and then like power struggle is still definitely above like fucking destruction. So yeah, I mean it's, it's still uh, clearly way above any of like the split shows, yeah. the split tours. Um. But yeah, so like this angle, you know, it's it's it, you could point to it if you want to point to it and say this is an example of like the westernization of New Japan. That's fine, but you know, I don't really think it's like an ineffective or bad angle. I thought it, I thought it worked pretty well actually. So. I mean, as long as you're using Jericho, I mean, you don't have a choice but to run these kind of angles because you gotta. Well, yeah. What else is he gonna do? He's not gonna work. What else you gonna do with Jericho if you're not doing weird brawls and shit? Yeah. You don't want to make him have an act like an actual match would suck. So I mean, if you want to make the point they just shouldn't use Jericho, like that's fine. I really wouldn't care if I never saw him again. But like, if they're gonna use him, like in the reality we're in, like this is kind of what you have to do with him. Yeah. But he did. Did he mention the cruise? He did mention the cruise. The English announcers did mention it for him. Okay, yeah, because I had the announcing on very low because I watched yeah. this at work. They're so like, oh, Jericho. They're like, Jericho's going to the Caribbean next. I'm like, yeah, I get it. He's he's got a fucking cruise. Thank you. <laughs> I feel like that's all we hear about. But like, how is yeah, that I fucking feel... thing not sold out by now? <laughs> I, I, how many wrestling? How many wrestling fans are there that really want to use their vacation days to go on like a cruise to Jamaica or whatever? I, I don't know. I mean, you think enough? You think there'd be enough marks for that fucking six fan at least? Jericho and the Bucks against like Kenny, Cody, and uh, I don't even know the fuck the partners probably Paige or somebody. I don't know. I don't, I don't think those are. I feel like it's a different. Uh, I feel like it's a lot harder to sell all these cruise tickets than it is to get people to drive to a show. No, that's fair. That's fair. Um, but yeah, but you're so stuck. Means- Once you get on that boat, you can't get out. I know. 
<laughs> I told I told like a bunch of people in the in the Slack were telling Rich that he should pay us to like or he should buy us a ticket and we'll report back like we're on a some kind of expedition or something like we're we're studying them in the, in this habitat. But I keep saying Bix is a fraud if he can't get a um, <laughs> outlet to pay him to do an eyes on report of the Jericho cruise. <laughs> Like we need to know what happens there. Is somebody, is, I mean, no one in like our circle is going to go on this thing, so we're not going to get like a real story. You know, yeah. we're not going to know what happened on this thing. But I want to know all about like awkward, like wrestling fans trying to hit on cocktail waitresses with, you know, exclusively with Bullet Club catchphrases. Like I want to know that kind of stuff. Are we going to get? In, I, well, if it, now the Bullet Babe is a meme, so you'll never <laughs> get that one. But like, I want to know what the next Bullet Babe detective is. Oh, you know it's going to be special. I mean, I can't imagine being being on a fucking boat with these people for like a week. No, I mean, I, I wouldn't go on a cruise with my family. I fucking hate those things. Let alone uh-huh. all these fucking weirdos that I probably like detest. I went on a I went on a four day cruise once. It was all right. Yeah, I went on it with the family. I got very seasick the whole time. No fun. Yeah, well, if you get seasick, they're not fun, that's for sure. Um, All right, but up next, we have the IWGP Junior Title Tournament Final, Kushida versus Marty Scroll. This was pretty fucking bad. Um, Yeah, it was just boring. It was heatless. No one was in. No one. The crowd did not care. Yeah, the, the lack of crowd heat was really surprising to me because, like, they usually they usually react to Kushida at least and yeah but Marty, I, again I'm gonna pick on Marty but Kushida got nothing out of him either yeah and Marty Marty got like a little bit of whoop whoop a, a few times during the match but it wasn't very loud and I don't know like there was this was like this to me is what like watching Kushida and Matt and, and Marty do like slow and boring Matt wrestling I'm like oh this is what people who don't watch Hideki Suzuki think Hideki Suzuki is because they think he's like slow and boring mat wrestling. When it's like, no, Hideki's mat wrestling is actually like fun and interesting. Well, yeah, he's well he's good at it. I yeah. I don't know I don't know if this is just Kushida's call, like this is his match, or if Marty says, Oh no, no, I can I can go on the ground too, but he really can't. Yeah, Kushida sometimes is really good at this because like the match he had would show Yeah, you know, but is really good. He but... needs somebody else who can do it. But that's with any, even the best guy isn't going to have a good grappling match with Marty Skrull. It's just not going to happen. So it just, this was, it wasn't good. It was slow. It was like uninteresting. It it wasn't over at all. I mean, like, I I thought the finishing stretch was like okay. And I I bumped the entire match up to like two and three quarters. But yeah, I think that, two that and might have, three range is fine, but that might have been a little generous, actually. And this, yeah. I don't know. I, I spent so much time arguing with people who said they they elevated the juniors, they elevated the juniors, and I've been saying for months that no, they elevated Hiromu. Everyone else is exactly where <laughs> they were before Hiromu, and I feel pretty vindicated on this one. Well, no, you know what? I would say they elevated. Kush, you know two... what? Honestly, Kushida's less over than he was. Yeah, so I would say they elevated two people, two people, Hiromu and Well. Yeah. Will was really fucking over on the undercard, and I think you know. I know some people don't, really don't like Will. No, I mean, I think the guy mostly sucks shit. But <laughs> one of but my he was, favorite wrestlers in the world. But, but he's really over. He's over, yeah, yeah. Like I think Sabers. I like Saber, but I think his New Japan run's been awful. He's over. Yeah. But yeah, um, I don't like. This is clear. I don't. I don't think they've done anything for the juniors. 
They got, Which again, they got, isn't they really, it isn't really the goal. In the end, you don't get the belt get over, you get the guys over. Yeah. So you can argue that's the point, but for this great division with a ton of talent, well, they just I – mean, one of the guys is gone for God knows how long and who knows what he'll ever come back as. And they're moving the other one that was over to be in – just probably going to be a middling heavyweight for a while. Yeah. So who you got now? Well, you just signed somebody. That's who you got. I mean, the problem with – I think the problem with Kushida is that he was he was like so like just vanquished before this. Like he lost clean to Will, you know. He really wasn't in the mix of Hiromu again. Like it just didn't feel like this is. It, it, it feels like this is like a rush thing, just because Hiromu got hurt, which it is. But like it, it feels like you're taking a guy who was like on the scrap heap, you know, and like putting him back into the into the forefront, and that's why it feels so flat. I mean, you saw that poll, right? Yeah, you see the Facebook. Post? It's like these the two people they. It was like Bushi was the most one. Will and Marty were within kind of a margin of error for each other, and then just no one voted for Kushida. Yeah, because like we've seen Kushida as champion, we've seen him have his run, and this just wasn't his time. Like, yeah, they, like, I I honestly think they made a huge mistake not going with Bushi because Bushi's never really had a run. He had like a one month title reign, and he's super popular. So the only thing, I, I think Bushi definitely falls into the character that not only doesn't need the belt, but honestly probably loses something by having the uh, belt. Yeah, that's fair, I guess. It's, I mean, in a division that really only runs like one singles match at a time, I don't think you need like three straight months of that singles match being a Bushi match. I think that that would hurt the guy who's a little more of a gimmick over like making him do matches and matches and matches, you know? Does yeah. that make sense? No, it's fair, but I just think yeah. it would have been, at least would have been something different. And this Kushida thing. I mean, it might have been over on like this. So again, yeah. you got to look at it from that point. It definitely would have got a better reaction than they got here. Yeah. Because they got jack shit. But anyway, um, this wasn't very good. Kushida won at the end. Um, I don't have a lot else to say about it. It wasn't very interesting or good. And I don't know where Kushida's reign goes from here. You know, I hope you're right, and it goes to like Kushida Shingo with the dome. But you know, I really don't know what I mean, the direction. Don't, why be. don't you do Taiji here? Yeah, I don't know. It's a good question. You could again. Do I know the I know the criteria was uh, the last four champions. Yeah, but, but fucking like, fake. You just do yeah, 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 different. exactly. You you make this shit up. You can just say, <laughs> yeah. well, this guy was just in the Super Junior tournament. Well, Taiji Taiji is currently one third of the very prestigious never. Open weight six man tag team champion, so oh, can't take him out of can't take him out of that. No, very important spot there. But uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know why you don't. I, I mean, he at least feels like a kind of hot hand. I mean, it probably would have been more over than this. I mean, now he's probably not a hot hand because they basically haven't booked the guy for three yeah. months. But I don't know. I feel like you would have had a better chance riding that hand than riding either of these guys who no one gave a shit about. Yeah. All right, so the semi-main, the IWGP heavyweight title, number one contendership contract, Roshi Tanahashi beats Jay White in 2040. There's a lot to unpack here, so let's start with the actual match. Um, what did you think of it? Because I wouldn't be surprised if I was a lot higher in this than you were. I mean, I thought it was... It's the third one they've had of these, and I guess it's they've gotten a little better each time. 
I don't um, know. I don't have thoughts. I like. I don't enjoy the Jay White gimmick stuff. And this is like the third straight time somehow he had a boring match working over Tanahashi, mm-hmm. which see, is I'm, like I really like this. I, I went four and a quarter on it. So I don't know. All right, you could, but didn't you like the G one one too? I, I, did like I was G1. on. Yeah, I was on the G one one, and we had the same discussion where I just thought this one was better than that one. I'll give yeah. it that. That one sucked. I don't. I think know. I went like. I think I went four solid three to three and a half range. So this was okay. like not an awful match, but like, yeah, I don't know. It's fine. I don't, I still think Jay White's not all the way there in the ring, but I guess with the gimmick, it's never going to get all the way there. I mean, he's over, which is, yeah, no, it's over now. Like, obviously it's not the dome. So they've Mm -hmm. clearly, it's clearly worked, but uh, for me, I don't, I don't think it's going to get there as long as the gimmick is the fuck finishes. Yeah. Um, but so white, so white and Gato came out and they announced that white, they did not announce them as white as a chaos member, which I guess should have been the first hint of what was coming. Um, this was a lot of Gato running like interference for white, uh, distracting Tanahashi. So white could like chop block him from behind. And then he did, he played like air guitar with Tanahashi's leg, which I thought was really funny. Um, and then he was working on the leg for a while. I thought Tanahashi's selling was really great and that kept it interesting. Um, and this is also probably the first match all night without any kind of dueling chant, which I thought was interesting. Just straight go ace chance because White, yeah. White is the only guy over in this company as an actual heel. Except well, he's also the only one not trying to be cool at the same time. Yeah. Um, you know, White, then Tanahashi did like the, the dragon screw, and I thought White did a pretty good job selling the leg too. Um, Tanahashi did like a high fly, fly, high fly flow to the floor. Uh, he'd sold the leg afterwards, which is good. Did never really seem like he forgot about it. Um, there was like this really crazy long reversal sequence that I thought looked pretty damn smooth, considering Tanahashi could probably barely move in real life. And I thought it looked smoother than anything Kushida and Scroll tried in the previous match, where which is kind of damning on them, considering again Tanahashi's like, you know, held together by duct tape. Yeah, he's. Um, but Tanahashi, he, you know, he hit the crossbody at the top. He had the high fly flow, but Gato pulled the ref out. Uh, Gato had the brass knuckles and tried to use them on Tanahashi, who ducked and then slapped him, which I thought was pretty funny. But then White used the opportunity to give him a low blow. Um, Ta- I like Tanahashi giving him the low blow black back to stop him from using the chair on him. I didn't really see that coming. I guess I should have, but uh, Tanahashi being willing to go low too was awesome. And White, like, uh, like at one point, he threw the chair at Tana. He calls for Gato to get Uno back in the ring uh, and goes for Blade Runner, but Tanahashi just rolls him up out of nowhere for the pin, which I thought, I thought was an awesome finish. It was, like, all craftiness on by Tanahashi's part, and it kind of kind of plays into a lot of how he's wanted during this whole run. Like, he did the same thing to Yoshihashi during the, uh, of all people, during the G1. So, I don't know. I like that crafty veteran stuff. But, yeah, I went four and a quarter on this. I thought that was pretty awesome. Um... White go then after the match though it's like the big probably the big stuff, so White went like he went nuts afterwards beating everybody up. Uh, he goes to Tanahashi's like again. Okada ran out and saved Tanahashi, which this crowd was so excited to see Okada save Tanahashi. Like they went as that, it's probably got the biggest reaction on the show. I think. Yeah, right? it's either this or the Shingo reveal. Yeah, like this got a humongous reaction. Because that that is so you know that 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 whole feud is so over, and you know people are into the Tanahashi thing, or, or the, into Okada's like 
I don't know, broken Okada thing. People keep calling it. But people are into Okada and Jay White, I think. So, yeah, that got a humongous reaction. Here's where it got silly, though. So, Jado comes out wearing an Okada shirt. He tries to stop Okada from beating up Gato. Why did Okada listen to Jado? Can, can I ask that question? I don't why, know. Why would Okada be like, yes, Gato's tag team partner of like 50,000 years? Jado, like brothers within canon. I don't know who told me they were, and I've always kind of believed it. <laughs> I don't know if they are or they are. It doesn't, it's not really important. I don't but. But he's, you know, just because... So Jado is in chaos. He's been partners and friends with Gato, maybe brothers, for all this time. Just because he's wearing your shirt, you trust him? It basically makes Okada look like a fucking idiot. That he I feel like a lot of this story is mostly made Okada look like <laughs> So Okada is, stands there and, like, you know, it just starts, like, talking to Jado. Then the BC... And stops beating up Gato. The BCOGs come out. Okay, they start. They come out and surround the ring. Now, I've been into this Jay White thing since it started. My biggest fear was that it was ultimately going to end up with Jay White joining the Bullet Club OGs, and we're going to get after all this time, after everybody assumed that Jay White's going to come back and join Bullet Club, that was finally the prophecy was finally going to come to pass, and he's going to be in fucking Bullet Club. I was hoping. My hope was. Jay White and Gato. Gato kept saying all that stuff about how a new era is coming. That they were starting a new unit called New Era. Or they were like breaking off people from chaos. Or there's going to be like a real big unit shakeup. Instead. The, so the moment the BCOGs came out, like I was just like, motherfucker. Yeah, like, I don't exact... know. The second, the second I saw him, it's like, okay, this is where we're going. Like the moment they came out, it's like, fucking goddammit. Like this is exactly where I did not want this to go. Like the fucking Bull Club OGs are the most tedious, like, completely fucking, I don't know, like, just awful unit in the pro- in the promotion. It's never elite. It's it's pretty fucking close between the two. So to have Jay White, who actually feels fresh and interesting, you know, in this role, join up with these motherfuckers, just, is, just like my worst-case scenario. But they didn't just have him join up. They had to do a fucking <laughs> a fake-out first, like a fucking Vince Russo swerve here, where the BCOGs come in, they grab Gato and Jado. Why did they do this? No one, no one could tell. Jay White's still on the floor at this point. They tell Okada hit Gato. Why did Okada want to do this? Didn't he just stop hitting Gato because Jado told him not to? So why is Okada now like, oh hey, you you terrible people that like have beat me up before? You want to hold the ball? Finally figured it out. <laughs> but he's like, all right, so I'm going to beat up Gato for it. Sure, you're going to hold up Gato so I can beat him up. That sounds good. And he bounces off the ropes and Tamatanga hits him with the fucking gun stun. Like, just ma- like, yeah, making him look at the world's biggest dumbass. And then Jay White comes in. He does the most cursed pose of all time. The switchblade po- pose into the fucking two sweet sign. And then he gives Okada the Blade Runner. Yeah, this really sucks. This fucking sucks. And I fucking hate it. That's They're never different. breaking. Like, these, ta- these stables are never getting broken up, right? I mean, we're just, this is apparently the best we can get is like very tiny shifts around the edges. Otherwise, everything stays exactly the same. We get like, you know, I, I had all these visions of like Goto as the, the number two heel in this J White unit or Ishii or like something really cool and interesting. And you could do like Okada versus Goto or Okada versus Ishii, a power struggle. It's like, no, 
is going to be probably like Okada versus Tamatonga at Power Struggle. Fale again. <laughs> Okada versus Fale again at Power Struggle. It feels Struggle. like we're due. I don't know. We're due for it every eight months. It feels like it's about time, right? <laughs> well, they didn't. Although it year. wasn't the G1 yeah. this year. So yeah. New Japan Cup, That's that match is another lock. <laughs> oh, I really hated this. Did you hate this as much as I did this post-match angle? I don't know. I, I kind of always assume this is where this was the end goal. But, like, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, it's just kind of – on a show with a million angles, I feel like they could have held this angle out, you know? It, this was the worst of all the angles. I think that's Yeah, probably. this was the – but this, this was one was also over. Like, Yeah, it, it was. I think the crowd kinda, this crowd was not that into the matches, but they liked the angles. Yeah. But uh, I'm just really bummed because, like, again – and this is the part where it's like, well, this really isn't for me, this whole – um this whole bullet club stuff because you know just the, the in like the you know the the angle in general and, the, and the how it's worked in general because it's like the you know the main event stuff like the jay white thing was the first thing in the main events that i was really interested in in a you know in quite a while since naito got knocked out of the main events basically and to me to immediately put it into this fucking bullet club bullshit just makes it really clear like that this promotion is not for me right now when it comes to the main events. Like I really just have the LIJ and, you know, Shingo and whatever Naito's doing as like my only real, um, you know, my only real connection to the promotion at this point. And I guess to a lesser extent, like Taichi and Suzuki. I am more excited for Taichi versus Will Ospreay than I am for anything coming out of this fucking Jay White Bullet Club thing. But you know. Yeah, I don't like it's like I said about Shingo before. They they picked the it's like the least pot the least interesting option is the one that happened. Yeah. And it's because very... I don't know, it's just another another bullet club and it's just gonna keep cycling and cycling and cycling. I mean you know, it makes it feel like we're gonna have two bullet clubs for the foreseeable future, which is pretty fucking stupid. I mean someone replied to me and was like, unless the elite guys go to new go to WWE, at this point that feels like the only way We'll get like a legitimate like major shakeup, you know? Yeah, because like they're, Ken- they're never gonna fire these guys. Like if Kenny and the Bucks and Cody and Hangman, if they all fucking leave in January, then that would be like the biggest shakeup in this company. Because like they would probably actually change some shit. So I don't think it's gonna happen, by the way. No. I mean I think Kenny could go after the garden show, but I don't think any of the other guys are going. Yeah. So, you know, what are you gonna do? I guess I'm just really not yeah, not thrilled. Just, uh, I don't know. It's definitely at the point where, like I said, like all the complaints about it have kind of converged, and like this is the big tidal wave. So I don't know if you don't like, basically, if you don't like the ROH guys, if you don't like bullet club, bullet club stuff, then yeah. probably time to either stop watching or cut down your watching. Yeah, but I'm probably not going to do that. So I'm just gonna. I will like, tell you, Tommy, to come on here. Rich, Rich said in Slack, he said the same thing. He was in the voice posting Slack. He's like, if you didn't like this show, it might be time to take a break. And I didn't oh, hate this, this show. This is not the show I would dig my heels in on that. Well, that's I don't I don't think that's what I I, I don't think that's exactly how he meant it, but I do okay. I do see his point. Like is I, yeah, rem- I, I remember after one of those Gargano Champa matches, it's like if you don't like this match, you just don't even like wrestling anymore. Or it's just not, or it's passed you by, or something. And it <laughs> happens after all the Omega Okada matches too. And I don't know. 
if you want to make the stand of that, fine. But I think this would be a really weird show to make the stand of, uh, yeah, just quit if you didn't like this. But I'm still going to watch New Japan because I love Naito. That's pretty much it. If Do you know what would get me to stop watching New Japan? If if all the LIJ guys, if we did like the Ishin Goon jump to All Japan. They should, would, no, they should start their own zero one. <laughs> they should start their, I mean, if they all jumped and they, they all started their own promotion, like I would basically, that's basically it for me. That's, that's what's keeping me watching. So if they left and like Taichi left and they formed their own thing, I'd be so happy. But. Somebody, I don't know. We're due for a jump, like a and not a jump to WWE. We're due for a jump. Yeah, like but it's part of what keeps it interesting. Now everybody just jumps to New Japan. Right? Yeah, now they jump, and the problem is, and New Japan's, it's not, it's nowhere near WWE because, like, I don't. But the roster is getting too big, and there's like a lot of guys who need pushes that aren't really getting them. You know? Yeah. Like what? What is what is Goto doing right now? Yeah, nothing. Probably nothing for the next couple of months. Probably he's just shooting with, shooting with Jeff Cobb for the yeah for the ROH US title. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know. There's too many guys on the upper card, and they're not cycling them out. Yeah. Of course, just actually booking a tag team division that isn't just. ROH team versus God or versus Great Bash Shield would probably solve that, but yeah. they're not going to do that. So it feels like something's got to give. All the guys are over. They're not going to cycle anybody down the card. Yeah. But we're due for a jump. Again, it's probably just Kenny. It's probably not one of the native guys. Like, none of them are really old either, other than Tanahashi. So. Yeah, that top core is not going anywhere anytime soon. Well, speaking of Kenny, the main event for the IWGP Heavyweight Title, the three-way match, Kenny Omega defeated Kota or Kota Ibushi and Cody. I almost like combined their names there. I thought you were about to say Kota Ahashi. Thirty-four, thirteen. I fucking wish, buddy. I fucking that, wish. I mean, that would have made this good. Um. So the hype video. Did you see the hype video for this? It was hilarious. Uh, it no, even, I had it in another time. Okay. It made it even more obvious, like how fucking pointless this match was. That they could not find a point anywhere in this hype video. They're just like, yeah, these guys. They're wrestling. <laughs> that was the entire hype video. Um, and I have to say, a one-fall three-way match for your world title makes your world title look incredibly stupid. I've always thought that. But uh, like, just imagine if like, you know, the Stanley Cup final begins and it's Capitals and the Vegas Golden Knights. And then all of a sudden, a third team comes on the ice in the middle of the championship. And it's like, well... Now one of you can beat the Pittsburgh Penguins and become the fucking champions. That'd be pretty stupid. I guess you could even compare it to UFC. What if like someone jumped the cage and in the middle of a UFC title match? Maybe that's going to happen after this past weekend. Maybe that's the next step. If someone jumps the cage and we just have a three-way fight breakout. But I don't know. Do you hate three-way title matches or do you think they're fine? No, I don't. I mean, the problem with... The three-way is, again, it's obvious who's winning. Yeah. There's no doubt. In, and again, I guess maybe I'm the wrong one and still treating this like it's an A-level show where there should be. I feel, But it feels like a match on a show of this size 
the world title match shouldn't be like a given unless it's like a special attraction. Like they did the Marafuji match at this show, and obviously no one thought the uh, title was actually going to change there, but it was still interpromotional dream match kind of thing. Yeah, it just feels like a low tier show main event. Okada Evil last year kind of felt like a low tier. Yeah, I mean that's too. the match and I was the, to compare it to is again the fact that no, the fact that the crowd was not buying basically non Kenny near falls like completely killed a match that was already way too long. Yeah, I mean like the, it was the same as last year and nobody thought Okada was losing, so maybe just they need to change it up here at King of Pro Wrestling. I I almost think maybe you should do you should reverse King like. I don't know. I mean, maybe you can't do this, but like have Power Struggle be in October in Osaka. No, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but like have the have the IWGP title match be, yes, Power Struggle in October in Osaka and have the IWGP title match be there because maybe the Osaka fans won't be as like, I don't know, like, oh, we're going to the Dome. We already know the Dome main event. But I they probably... I, I, no, I don't, I don't know. I mean, if you give them a good match or something, they'll get into it. Okay. I don't know. It's the second year in a row where they just didn't care at all, but maybe it's just, but it's also the second year in a row. Like that evil match was at like the absolute, like that was in the doldrums of the Okada reign where the last other than the Naito one, but did anyone really buy into the last four? I mean, look, there's also a problem where like people have talked about this, having the, there's a reason why the G1 winner did not get the Tokyo Dome event in the past because it does just make these last four months of the year feel like, yeah. Oh, what the fuck is the point? Yeah, it feels it feels like you're just on a. It feels like you're just kind of on a conveyor belt. Although it, I guess, it matters less now that business is up. Yeah, I mean, but, people uh, had people had all these visions this year of like, oh, it's gonna be crazy where Naito might be Kenny for the title, and you know the briefcase might. Yeah, change. this is the, just like the briefcase is changing or whatever. Like, none of that happened. So, which is. Again, just New Japan booking is very static, very boring, and you know, like you said, they make their money, so you can't really, you can't really complain. I get on that level, but like as far as you know, our but personal, again, would they, I don't know, would they have run this match three years ago, no, on a show of this size, no chance. Yeah. Now that they're making that money, they're a little more comfortable, obviously. Yeah. They can kind of run something like this that they probably couldn't have got away with. Yeah. Um, did, did Kenny kind of get the least reaction of all three of them coming out? I kind of No, I don't know. I, <laughs> although this is like, this was definitely the least. Kenny is obviously very over, but like this was a lesser pop than like all the other recent big Kenny matches, I think. Yeah. I mean, I just didn't think he was very over here at all. No, and... I, I don't, I don't get the sense they wanted to see this match, you know? Um, and I guess it makes sense because every year for how long it's always been whoever pins the champion and then G1 gets the match. And now this year they're like, oh, yeah, you can't get the match. Yeah, Cody gets the match too for some yeah. reason. Even though he just lost to Kenny and, you know, in like fucking July or whatever. But yeah, so so at one point the, the English announcers had some funny things to say here. First, at one point they said Cody at all in was just a trick to sell tickets. And this is the real Cody which I thought was funny, which goes back to your point too about how like Cody is still like really dastardly <laughs> and like the two bullet clubs really are not like that far apart. Um, no. And then at another point, Chris Charlton actually said Kenny Omega is constantly gaslighting Kota Ibushi, <laughs> which I was like, oh my God. 
that's a little that's a little much maybe but i can i can see his justification uh i can see why he said that that's for sure yeah this is definitely uh this is definitely kind of weird like i don't know it's like this is again like maybe my expectations but for a big arena show to have uh kind of a boring three-way match just so let me give this nonsense sequence at the start uh kenny and abushi they're double teaming cody that that was like the story to match early which really really got the crowd into it when the guy they don't care about is getting double teamed um coda goes for the pin kenny pulls him off kenny goes for the pin coda pulls him off kenny then tells coda go ahead and go for the pin and doesn't pull him off apparently willingly relinquishing the IWGP heavyweight title if Cody had not kicked out, which he did. But why the fuck would Kenny Omega do that? I don't, why would he yeah, do that? I don't know. And then, this... he tells Coda, then he tells Coda, I go next. What? What the fuck is going on? That was the point where it's just like, what the fuck is this match? Like, yeah, this is, this is getting really staring at my hands, wondering how I became so violent. <laughs> like, why would you, why would Kenny Omega sit there and be like, yes, you want the IWGP title, Coda? Dozo. <laughs> Have at it, buddy. It was very, it was very weird. Like, why, um, didn't, why didn't he just lay down for him in the G1? That's true. to see him get the belt so bad. Why didn't he just lay down for him right now? Yeah. <laughs> um, but then he tells Coda, I go next. So, with the, and Coda was like, yes, that's right. So, like, that means he expected Coda to let him go for the pin next. Like, they had some weird agreement. It was really weird. Um, so, superhero Cody, Cody Rhodes had to fight off both of them, where he just was, like, fighting off one in the ring, and they go to the floor and fight off the other one, and they go back in the ring and fight off Kenny again, and they go back in the floor and put out Coda again, like he's fucking Superman. And that's that went on for a while. Uh, like just alternating between fighting both of them, and he like finally backdrops Abushi into the announce table, which takes him out like again for a while, so we can get more exciting Kenny Cody action. Um, then there's like after like I think like almost 15 minutes, Kenny finally turns on Abushi and tries to hit the one winged angel off the top, and you know that became like at that point became like convoluted bullshit. But all three of them in the ring, and then Cody you know, in another nonsensical moment, turns to Kenny and says, we're friends too, come on, let's double team Coda. And Kenny says, okay. Is Coda Ibushi not like your fucking golden lover, buddy? Why, why are you now willingly teaming up with Cody, this guy who you were feuding with for half the year and just like sort of made up with like two months ago? And Cody's like, let's double team your, your fucking golden lover. And Kenny's like, Sure. <laughs> what, the, what the fuck is that? How does that make any sense? Doesn't really. I don't know. You know it doesn't make right. any. So, like, we, we, why? It just. Why did they need to fill thirty-five minutes? But then, on top of that, Kenny, Kenny is also an idiot because Cody immediately turns on him. Like they do a double suplex, and Cody tries to, to fucking schoolboy him, and so Kenny looks like a fucking moron. And then we're back to Kenny versus Cody. Um. And then the worst spot in this entire match happened. Did you did did, did this annoy? Let, let me let me explain this to you. You can tell me this annoyed you as much as it annoyed me. 
So Kenny had the V trigger set up on Cody. He had Cody leaning up okay. against the ropes. He bounces into the ropes behind him like he always does. The idea was supposed to be for Kota Ibushi to do a springboard dropkick and interrupt Kenny Omega during the V-trigger and cut him off. What happened in practice was Kenny Omega hit the ropes behind him. Kota was not ready, so Kenny stopped for no reason, turned and looked at Kota, stared at Kota, put his arms up like, oh no, don't dropkick me, and then got dropkicked. This looked so fucking stupid. I went reround it like three times because I was like laughing so hard. Why? Did, I mean, I know what they were trying to do, but just Kenny had to like stop for no fucking reason and just let himself be drop kicked. It looks so fucking dumb. But yeah, I don't yeah, know. I, yeah, I didn't like recall this one as vividly as you <laughs> really did when I watched it, but I do like I remember it, and I'm like. I'm surprised it didn't bother me. <laughs> it was really stupid. My favorite spot in the mat was match was far and away Cody doing the fucking Adam Cole tribute <laughs> destroyer. Yes, he did the jump and everything. It was awesome. Yeah, like with the little hop and like obvi- and it didn't get a reaction because obviously none of these people remember Adam Cole. Yeah, they had, had like no five fun. matches there. Adam Cole was not over, by the way. People don't remember. No, him. he had no matches, and they were like five months five months apart from each other each time. Like yeah. there were. There's no way they remembered one of Adam Cole's signature spots. It's funny because we were so close to getting Kenny versus Adam Cole as the big feud. But I don't, do you know that story that it's apparently been confirmed? Yeah. I like, mean, you know, what, is that worse than what we got? It might be It might be worse. It might be better. I don't know. I, I really hate Adam Cole. So Yeah. I, I mean, I really hate, I like really fucking hate Cody, though. I do, too. They're both really bad, but... Someone presented um, me with a th- with a like question recently, and it was Triple H comes up to you. He promises that he's going to sign Cody back for ten years and make him be Stardust, but he gets to sign one wrestler, anyone in the world, also for ten years. Now, how many people would you not take that deal on? Yeah, I wouldn't take that deal on Naito. I wouldn't take that deal on. I guess Hiromu if he comes back. I wouldn't take that deal on Shuji. There's a lot of people in DT I wouldn't take that deal on. But there's a lot of people I would take that deal on. So, Would you take that deal on Okada? <sighs> That's a good one. Um, before he lost the title, I would have said yes. But I've actually enjoyed him a lot since he lost the title. So I would actually lean no now. Would you take uh, it on Kento Miyahara? <sighs> I would say yes. Would you take it on, um, let's see, would you take it on Hideki? No, because Hideki would just, like, Kento Miyahara might be fun in NXT or something. Hideki Suzuki in WWE would be, like, the worst thing of all time. Hideki Suzuki in WWE would make those shitty Daiichi matches where he did nothing, like, look like the hardest work match of all time. Yeah. Um, I don't like the idea. The, the idea of a Hideki Florida loop match is actually like, <laughs> to, like, try and think of. Yeah, is him like annoyingly like annoyed putting these like shitty football players in headlocks. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so Kenny at one point he power bombs Cody through a table at ringside to stop him from getting a bushy crossroads on the apron, and then we got this like really incredible spot where like. Kenny and Coda, it was supposed to be like this big tease of them finally having to fight each other. And I'm sure they thought this was going to get like the crowd going nuts, but the crowd didn't give a shit. Like they didn't make any noise for this at all. 
Did that stun you? Because that stunned me. Yeah. Like, like, I, I figured they weren't going to like this match that much, but I was like surprised at how much they actually were not into this at all. I mean, once they started fighting each other, they did react a little bit for it. But like the long tease, like I really thought that would get like if you told me, yeah, I thought I would that, like that spot in theory would get him to go nuts. Yeah, like if you described it to me in theory, I would have thought that would have been like the crowd was on their feet and they just didn't give a shit. Um, so I don't know what that says. I just think it says that they just really did not like this match. No, yeah, um, I, like I really think it was just that maybe they thought they should have a singles match here. Yeah. But they went, it's like one of those WWE crowds where it just feels like they went in, like, not wanting to like something for once, which doesn't happen in, w- in like, New Japan. Yeah. They I, can I, generally I, win anyone over with anything. And they didn't win them, they did not win them over with this. But in fact, to be fair, this match wasn't that good. Um, yeah, I mean, this also <laughs> wasn't, I mean, this wouldn't win them over on work, that's yeah. for sure. Um, but yeah, so Cody. At but I don't point, know. I really, I really thought like at least the Kenny Abushi stuff would at least get it over by the end. And it, and it, it really, they, it really didn't. Yeah, not at the level they, like you would think of main event of a ten thousand person show. Yeah, well, I think it did like yeah, it did like nine k. Yeah, so. it did nine some. It did nine change, but. Um, but yeah, so the I did like when Cody like recovered and pushed Abushi off the top rope when he was going for the Phoenix Splash. I like that the announcers brought up like the similarity to, you know, Kenny costing Coda his last shot, the IWGB title at uh, at Invasion Attack 15, when he kind of like distracted him from doing the Phoenix Splash. It wasn't exactly the same, obviously, but I like that the call. I think they did like a little mini callback there, and this is where your your hilarious like jump kidding destroyer happened. Um, Ibushi did his lawn dart thing on Kenny. Like into Cody, hung up in the Tree of Royal, which I think they thought was going to be a big spot, and the crowd would go nuts for. And again, they just they didn't really react to it that heavily at all. And then like the big fucking bosh, like this is a spot where like if I see people giving us like five stars, I'm just like you're out of your fucking mind, because they this was clearly set up to be like the spot of the match, and it was like this, this springboard sunset flip power bomb from Kenny on Cody while Coda was giving Cody. Oh, Kenny on Coda. While Coda was giving Cody the, you know, that that middle rope German he does. And they completely botched it. Like, completely mistimed, completely fucked it up. It looked like total fucking shit. And, I mean, the funniest part of it was Kenny went like, yeah, right after he did it. Right after it happened, which was funny. I don't know why he did that exactly. But, um, like, I don't know if he's trying to convince us that that's what he meant to do. But, yeah, I mean, it was really bad. Um, but yeah, so Cody pulled out a table. The the camera completely missed him going through it when Kenny pushed him off the yeah, top well, rope. They got that. They got that one like first go right away, which for a table bump here, yeah, like honestly impressive. And Ibushi hit the Kamigoi. This is the most incredible part. Ibushi hits the Kamigoi on Cody. He nearly pins him to win the IWGP Heavyweight Title. Kenny makes this amazing last-minute save to grab the referee's arm, and the crowd did not react at all. Yeah. Like, that, that was the most incredible part. This was an incredible, incredibly close near fall. Kota Ibushi was about to win the IWGP heavyweight title, and the crowd didn't give a fucking shit. They did not think for a second Kota Ibushi was getting the pin here. That was incredible to me. I don't know about you. That, that yeah, I don't, like, again, that's why, like, again, I, I didn't think they were going to be I did not think they were going to be into this coming into it, but I figured they would get it over with storyline stuff. 
and they, they just, really because this feud is hot or was i guess i guess it's not anymore i don't know it probably still will be if like, when they go back to it with a singles match but it didn't save it like i thought it would yeah um we have kenny kicked out of crossroads again which didn't really get a reaction uh coded like just beating kenny's ass after he tried to talk him down or whatever the fuck he was i don't know what the fuck he was doing actually was he was talking to him for a long time that was well deserved but this was like 30 minutes into the match. I just really wanted to be over at this point. Um, there was this really weird... What the fuck was his deal with Cody on the floor? He like grabbed the chair. The Bucks were like, don't do it. He threw the chair down. Then he grabbed the belt. The Bucks were like, don't do it. He threw the belt down. Then he grabbed the chair again anyway. What the fuck was the point of that? I don't know. I guess they're trying to say, like, the Bucks are trying to say, let's not fight amongst each other again. But why? Like, what? what I don't I mean, know. It didn't do anything. It didn't pay off anything. No, just... I mean the thing. Maybe it's a being the elite thing. But again, I, I do want to stretch this. If they're not showing it on the shows, it's non-canon. Yeah. But I don't. I don't care what's on being the elite. If they, if they don't get that over, like on the New Japan television, it doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. So maybe I... that's what it was. But again, yeah, I had no idea if there was context to this. I mean, I watch being the elite just to keep up with, to try to keep up with it, and like, I don't, I have no idea. Like, this doesn't make any more sense to me, so I, I have no idea. Um, and then Kenny pinned Coda with a one wound angel. That's like the first time he's pinned Coda, I think, ever. Right? Is that true? I think because didn't didn't Coda win? I don't win? know. I don't remember any of the DDT matches. It's definitely the first time he's pinned him in New Japan. Let me see. I'm gonna search this real quick. So I... I can at least tell you if he's at least maybe you could still say he hasn't beat him in a singles match yet, but um, I saw someone on Twitter say it was the first time ever. But now I'm thinking about it, I feel like he must have won one of those fucking PDT matches. But I'm gonna tell you in two seconds. Yeah, that's like, I don't I don't remember any of those results. So yeah, the one I remember the most is the Budokan one that Kota definitely won. So let's say oh they've only had they've only had three singles matches and Kota won them. Kota won all three of them. So. The Hardcore Rules 2 out 3 Falls match that was in 2008. Coda won that. The Budokan match is really the really famous one. Coda won that. And the, the G1 Climax match, Coda won that. So, yeah. The, like, so, this is, I, unless Kenny pinned him in a tag match or something, which I don't remember happening, it, it might have. Um, this is the first time Kenny's ever pinned Coda. It was in this fucking stupid three way. That sucks. And now, again, I, I kept debating <laughs> people before this match. I was saying all week that there was like less than zero chance the finish wasn't. Uh, it was either going to be the Bullet Club OGs coming out and ruining the match, or it was going to be Kenny pinning Ibushi. Yeah. People kept saying, no, no, you're wrong. Cody will actually lose here. And I kept saying, Cody is never fucking jobbing now that he has all those belts. Yeah. Cody's not. Cody's he already not never jobbed. He's not. Anything you see Cody in, it's either going to be a fuck finish or he is not losing. Yeah. Um, look, this was, I gave this like two and a half on effort, which the more I think about it, it might have been high. <laughs> but it was really convoluted bullshit and I really did not want it. It's like to me, I totally understand if you like this, I guess, if this is your thing. But this is not what I want anywhere near the IWGP heavyweight title. And it's just a continuation of. Kenny having like the fucking title ring from hell here. Yeah, and I mean, like we were shitting on the Okada evil match for not having any 
for basically not having any juice. But think about how long that was into the Okada reign compared to how short we're into this, and they're already like doing this stuff. Yeah, this title range has been awful. Like, there's really nothing else to say about it. It's just been really bad. Um, you know, he wins the title in a match I did really like, you know, against Okada. But then he has the Cody defense, which might be the worst IWGP title match of all time. He has a really middling G1, like, you know, a great match at Ishii, a great match with Naito, and, like, a lot of terrible shit. And then he has a really terrible, like, the worst Ishii match he's ever had in the title defense. And now this, so I don't know. I mean, like again, this this is just fantasy booking at this point. But why not just have Naito win the G one match and then lose this one? Yeah, uh, I mean, it would have been a lot better. Than would, this. It would have had way more heat. Yes, the crowd actually would have thought Naito could have won. Now maybe yeah. you're like, you don't want. I've heard the theory that you don't want Naito to go for the title again until you, until you know, unless he's going to win it. Because at this point, that's you fine. Are... Yeah, that's fine. Like I'm, I'm not married to this idea. But again, why don't you do something like that? You could have just put Naito in this match, though. Like you could have made a four way, and I guarantee the crowd would have been more. No, I don't. I don't think that. I don't think making a four way solves the problem. Okay. Well, that's yeah. Fair, I, no, I, I think. I think, the, I think the issue is here is nobody thought it was going to change in the multi man match. I think it would. I think it would have helped a little bit. I think the Naito fans would have been more into it. But, um. So yeah, this match you didn't like this match either, I'm guessing. No, this sucked. <laughs> um but yeah, overall the show, again, not a bad show. I there really wasn't really anything like awful on the show. Um it still had one match I really, really liked. Like SummerSlam's a great comparison because that had a Brian Miz match that I really, really liked, and not a lot of other awful stuff other than the usual WWE finishes. But this isn't a show that like made me happy about the long-term direction of the main event stuff. And I'm just really not into the Jay White stuff at all. And, you know, Jay White, like, I was into the Jay White stuff, and now he's just back in the fucking Bullet Club bullshit. And, you know, I just, I, I cannot bring myself to care about the Bullet Club in any way in 2018. Like, we should be beyond this by now. And at the very least, this two Bullet Club thing should have been over a long time ago. So... That's where I'm feeling. I'm not really, I'm not really thrilled. I mean, there's no, like, like we said, if you're really sick of a lot of these guys, they're not going anywhere. So it might be time to try out other promotions or just kind of. DDT is really good right now. Watch DDT, everybody. DDT really. Oh, I mean, it's getting better. Yeah. I Uh, feel like I I wouldn't describe this as a good DDT year. Not one. No, but I feel like after like once Erie sort of like, was out of the picture, it's, it's improved a lot more. So, I don't know. But, and the Shima stuff has been a real, like, I think, jo- like, n- you know, shot in the arm for them. But, I guess we'll see. Have I mean, you watched I'm really... any of the uh, All Japan tournament? I did, I watched it, it was alright. Just okay, yeah, I saw the first night, and I haven't had time to watch anything else since. Yeah, it wasn't It wasn't great. I mean, the, the only match I saw getting heavily hyped was Miyahara and Hino, and I wasn't really as into that as I expected to be. It was it was okay, but I thought it was kind of overhyped. Yeah, I mean, honestly, the thing I've seen recently that I was the most into was probably the five star Grand Prix in Stardom, which is it's interesting because I really wasn't that into Stardom this year. But like that, the five star GP was awesome, and Utami is fucking awesome. So, like, I yeah, I think the part, the place, uh, the completely legitimate place I was watching that just kind of stopped uploading it uh 
up to the last two nights. So I have not seen the final yet. Yeah, the final is really like I went like four and three quarters on that. Like that's in my match of the year balloting right now. So like that's a that was a really, really amazing match. So yeah, I mean Stardom's been good lately. Um Tokyo Joshi Pro's been good. DDT's been good. There's a lot of options. You know, all Japan, even though I didn't really love the World Road Tournament, I still think they've had a pretty good year. So, you know, there's other stuff to What watch. about Dragon Gate? I I'm not caught up. I did see the I saw uh what's it called? Not Dangerous Gate. I saw the Sendai show, which You saw the Pac like, show? Yeah. No, I haven't seen the Pac show yet. Because okay. I'm watching, I'm watching on Gayora, so I'm like two weeks behind. Basically, did you watch the? Uh, did you see the Casma reveal? Because it's, it's incredible. I don't know. What show? Well, I don't think so. I don't think I saw that one. No. The first X. I don't yeah. remember exactly what show it was on, but the actual reveal is just so funny. Is it like the, like the Tito Ortiz being revealed? Thing? Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm really running on the theory that 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 Casma was supposed to be Pac, but something happened when. He, just for whatever reason, he couldn't show up that date. But they already teased the X so much they had to do something. So Kazuma Sakamoto. Yeah, it's like I mean, who do we have on dial that we can get to show up for this that I guess we'll use? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I, I I'm run I'm running on that theory because the idea of it was just so ridiculous. There had to be something to it, you know? Yeah. Um. But yeah, so there's good stuff going on, in other words, if you're not into this New Japan stuff. And there's still good stuff in New Japan. I don't want people to think I'm not... I'm t- I've am totally turned on New Japan. You know, I still like LIJ. I still like, I'm excited to see what Shingo does. I'm just not feeling the, the fucking Bullet Club shit. And it feels like it's increasingly impossible to avoid, especially now that you know, Jay White, like, like if, if Jay White had not gone Bullet Club OG, you would have another major feud that had nothing to do with Bullet Club, you know? Like, you would yeah. have that Okada White build going all the way into the Tokyo Dome that has nothing to do with Bullet Club. Now it's all about the Bullet Club. Now you, Omega Tanahashi's Bullet Club. White Okada is Bullet Club. Whatever the fuck else the elite people are going to do. It just feels like everything is Bullet Club except for, like, Naito Jericho, and then hopefully, like, maybe... Well, we'll I, mean, get... I don't know. Jericho feels like being the elite universe attached, so he's, like, yeah. gently Bullet Club too. Yeah, no, that's definitely true. So I don't know. It just it's it's very it's very difficult to escape all that stuff right now. And that's why I think that's why I think putting White into that mix is really just a, a really really bad move because it feels like that could have been something completely different and completely separate. And instead, it's just like, oh, here's a white guy. All right, get him in the bullet club. <laughs> like, yeah, and I, I don't know. The factions feel imbalanced again. Yeah. I guess. I guess the new chaos is going to come out as like a hard face stable. Yeah, like the new the new chaos has nothing. Like, yeah. look, look, chaos for the longest time had no real separation, yeah, it had no from, real alignment, but from Sekigun anyway. But like now, it's even more ridiculous. Like you, you take out you take out Gato and Jada, who are like two of the only people in this in chaos that ever did anything heelish, and. I don't know. It's just, I mean, they, they're a babyface unit now. Like, what is, I mean, yeah, why now, they fight, now it's Okada, Goto, Ishii, and I guess Yano, but it's like the first three of those are just like pure, like fighting spirit babyfaces. Yeah. So, and Osprey and. Yeah, who was also, like, Osprey's working complete face at this point, showing um, you know, or faces, or like, so I guess that's how they're balancing it out. 
so I guess the elite are taking the place as like the tweener unit, and now chaos at the baby faces, and I guess LA Lij is completely faces at this point too. Yeah, except for when they just randomly go heal. It's fine, which they do sometimes. But yeah, but I don't know. They do it mostly in context that like makes like, sense. They still position them as heels. Yeah, and I don't the crowd know. just so, doesn't boo them ever. So, so yeah, it's a little weird. The fact, I guess that that's something that will actually have to iron itself out. But I just read a cage match review of Dick Togo that got me really upset. So I'm talk about that now. <laughs> Okay, go ahead. It is very similar to Men's Teo. Terrible. He was slightly better in the, but had no style. In the WWE, he was horrible, wearing a dragon t-shirt and jeans. That's not wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck this guy. J-E-K 1991. Fuck you, dude. Yeah. Indeed. All right, so let's get into these questions. We have like 10 million of them. Yeah, I feel like most of them we probably answered while talking about that show, though. So, other than the CZW New Heights ones, (laughs) Bucky at Very Tall Man, who I have to say unfollowed me on Twitter. So, Bucky, I don't know. I don't know why you're sending any Omakase questions. I'm not saying you have to. I put a call call out for questions. Okay, I'm not saying you have to. I'm not saying you have to follow me on Twitter to send in questions, but if you unfollow me on Twitter, you shouldn't be allowed to set in questions, but I'll make an exception here. Yeah, I he, find def- it- he definitely no, he definitely did it off my retweets or putting it in chat. So I find it interesting to watch the similarities between Sogio, is that how it's pronounced? Yes. Being ousted as a leader of the front and the knife perverts take over the Bullet Club OGs. What other parallels have you noticed between these two companies at their creative peaks? Well, I mean, just like Combat Zone Wrestling, which is really one of the greatest wrestling companies of all time. I think we agree. Um, we can also agree that New Japan pushes way too many, let's be honest, guys with names. Like Cody Rhodes is just a name. It's like the same thing as CZW letting Sammy Callahan book it. He's just a name. And obviously neither of them really respect Joe Gacy enough, despite him being a top 10 worker in the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But both of them should book AR Fox again, and they'd be way better companies for it. Um, so, at Bushido underscore thought, <laughs> who is more, I, I love her new name, it's great. Who is more fitting as a late member of the, the respective stable, Shingo and LIJ or Jake Crest and Uncle John's friends? <laughs> Do you know what Uncle John's? I have no is? clue. No, okay, no so do you know what FIP Everything Burns is? I have no idea. I mean, I know that's like, isn't that the, the show where Gabe was like, we're going to bring back FIP as like Edgelords or whatever? Yes. Okay. So Edgelords. now Everything Burns, uh, they decided to introduce a stable called Uncle John's Friends. Of course, they never actually ended up introducing Uncle John because, like, because the show really didn't get any traction, so they didn't run more. So we never really found out who Uncle John actually was. (laughs) So, but yeah, I think Shingo fits in better with LIJ than Jake Chris does anywhere, because Shingo's actually pretty good, and Jake Chris is really bad. (laughs) Um, 
Alex at Noah's Savior. How many more people can join the Lion Mark before people realize how bloated the roster is? I think we did cover that a little yes, bit. Yes, I did. There, but as I said, if they choose to book an actual tag team division, all of their roster bloat will kind of go away, I think. Yeah. I don't think I there's definitely a bloat right now, but I think it's kind of artificial and they can fix it themselves with things they're not going to do. Um, and then she asked, will Shingo State Jr. to represent LIJ in that division or will go heavyweight like he did in All Japan? I think it's pretty clear he's staying junior, I think. Yeah, he's staying junior for, I'd say he's a junior for at least a year and yeah. probably moves up eventually. That's how I think it's. I guess it depends what the contract is, too, because we know nothing about it. Is he a full-time guy? Is he on the Ishimori deal? Or is he going to work a lot overseas dates? I, we yeah. don't really know. But yeah, I'd say he's a junior for the foreseeable future. Um, at Chono's underscore jacket, which MMA fighter should bring back Enochism? Okada. <laughs> that would be pretty awesome. He's trying. We believe in him. Um, um, so private eyeball asked on a scale of one to 100, uh, 100 being the best, how good are bananas? I wouldn't know. I'm allergic. Oh, eh, they're pretty good. Yeah. Well, you got to pick know. a number. The, the, uh, no, you, you give me one through 10 and you're not getting one to a hundred, man. Ask reasonable questions. <laughs> so at LU Tang underscore secret, can you please explain KR TV and its relationship to DG versus TVS I hear with New Japan and why it means Pac went beyond the New Japan shows. So I don't know the answer to this. Unfortunately. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of phases to this, and I don't know enough of the answers to any of the phases to give you something. Is, I'm sorry. But if you want to know anything about Dragon Gate, you can DM uh, whatever Mike Spears' name is, and I'm sure he'll give you a long explanation to all of it. <laughs> I mean, the Gayor is like... I don't know if they're they could be associated with another broadcast network in Japan. Um, that actually wouldn't surprise me, and maybe that's the issue. But I don't know why Gayor and TBS he would have an issue like strictly. I'm not really sure why that is. Um, you know, this uh, he might be reacting to something else he heard, but I didn't hear it. Yeah, so I again, I, I don't know. Maybe there's context here. If you want to actually ask me if you explain the context, you can. I still can't promise you an answer though. Yeah. Um, at Callum underscore Slocombe, what are your thoughts on New Japan signing freelancers like Ishimori and Shingo and Yoshida from K Dojo? Um, he says better, or worse, the same as what WWE does it. I mean, look, he, they're to me, they're I, I understand the comparisons, they're not signing like enough people by volume for me to compare to WWE at this point. Like, WWE has completely decimated the American Indies. Like, if people don't think they have. They should just go look at the Evolve roster and go look at, like, the roster of a lot of indies in, in America right now. Like, just, you know, there's a lot of companies in America that just are not, where the rosters are just, like, just bare, right? Like, Marco Stunt is, like, on a tour of America right now. Yeah. It's just, like, nobody else. Like, I don't think that's a controversial opinion. I don't think we're close to that level in Japan yet. If New Japan, like, starts... I don't know. Um, yeah, if they start going, I mean, the real key sign, if, if they start going for younger guys or guys who are actual building blocks, like, again, the, the two most recent guys they got is Ishimori, who is a guy for better or for worse, hasn't, he both hasn't really been putting in much of an effort for the past four or five years and wasn't really that pushed a commodity for that time either. 
Like it's pretty clear they were kind of moving on from him. And he was also there just kind of taking the check until he got a bigger deal. If they started going and again, Shingo, obviously, who was still really pushed in Dragon Gate. I don't know the full reason he left, but I don't think it was he got a secret offer from New Japan and just decided to run away. I feel like there were multiple factors that pushed him out of there that probably had nothing to do with him. Do you agree? Yes, I would agree. So I don't know if it's as much of poaching as like if they're trying to sign Nakajima or... Uh, I don't know now. If they're trying to sign guys like that, I would say yeah, it's probably poaching off. But I mean, look guys, at Bayshore. I don't know. They took they, they took guys who were already really old, who their promotions have already got the absolute most they were ever going to get out of. If they bring back Russell Land or whatever and start stocking it with like every other promotion's young talent, then I guess it's comparable. As of now, I don't really think it's comparable. I think it's. You know, like you're saying, they get they are taking talent away, but they're taking they're taking guys who like have issues with their home promotions. It's not really the same thing. As and again, like Ishimori was always stuff. open that he seemed to want to leave for the past couple of years. So I don't know. It seems like he finally got the call he's been waiting for, and he left. Which is again, I guess that is stealing guys, but I don't know. It's not the same. They're not hoarding guys. They're not going to use either. I think is the difference. So it on some level it still sucks, but at the same time it's it doesn't really affect my enjoyment of other companies, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so <laughs> I guess we're done with that question. Let me see if there's anything. Okay. Skylar, could Wrestle Kingdom 13 be the end of an era type? show where New Japan has changed as we know it after. In simpler terms, could it be to New Japan what New Heights 2015 was for CZW? No, because here's what I want to explain. New Heights was more the peak of an art form. Like, New Heights was... Think, what do you, you know enough about Metallica? Can I do a Metallica anecdote here? I don't know anything about Metallica. All right, so I'm going to speak to the listeners here because I don't, I don't know where I, I only wrote out <laughs> one version of this joke, but I was hoping you did. But now, so Metallica, so New Heights is like Master of Puppets. It's not reinventing the wheel, but it's like the peak of what they could do. Now, the real comparison is obviously Everything Burns, the show we just talked about before. Because that was a restart. That was bold new ground they were taking. Of course, it didn't work. They may have said one too many slurs. But this is a new New Japan. And that's why it's more like everything burns than like New Heights. Uh, <laughs> um, let's see. At Ghostly Libs, or Ghostly Ibis. I don't know why I said Libs. At Chill Contour. Chase Owen's actually good. I like Chase Owen, sure. Yeah, he's fine. Uh, <laughs> um, at uh, J Eight Man at Jamalo underscore James Sap or Omega. Uh, so, what grounds are we talking on here? Uh, Who would win just... in a fight? I think it's obvious. Who's cooler? <laughs> I also think it's obvious. But I don't think Kenny ever beat a spouse. Or Sap's a domestic abuse guy, right? Yeah, he is. Unfortunately, and uh, yeah, so. I don't know how to score this here. Um, I will say I, I, I don't think Kenny Omega is a wife beater. 
don't want that on Omega's, record. I don't think Kenny Omega is a wife beater, and I think he does. He I, don't, I also don't think he has a wife, which may make it a little difficult. But yeah, I don't. I, don't, I have no accusations of Kenny Omega here. Um. And as far as like wrestling quality, I guess I would give the edge to Kenny. Although Sap's matches usually didn't piss me off as much as some of Kenny's matches have lately. Do you remember a Sap match <laughs> as bad as Kenny versus Cody? No, no. Kenny Kenny hits higher highs, but he hits lower lows. That's the great. problem, like I don't know, like saying like someone. What's you know Bob what? Sap's longest match ever? Like, like six just, minutes, I know. Maybe yeah, Bob no Sapp... way he's ever going to have a Kenny vs. Cody 40-minute garbage fest. Bob Sapp vs. Naito could have been awesome, too, though. We don't know. Maybe. I want to see Bob Sapp vs. Naito. He's still that. fighting. Bring him back. <laughs> uh, Dylan Harris at Dylan Zero Sky. When will Blue Wolf come back to shut down all this Bullet Club nonsense? Hopefully soon. Yeah, we need you, buddy. Um. I don't want to get into what this baseball question. I really don't care. Yeah, I, I, um, I don't care. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.